fanficmedia.com presents Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast. With hosts, Christiana Ellis, Chuch Schubert, Vivid Muse, and Nookchus. Welcome, everyone, to Season 7 Beyond the Wall. Tonight, we're discussing Episode 7 of Game of Thrones titled The Dragon and the Wolf, otherwise known as Boat Sex, (laughs) with no spoilers, blah, blah, blah. Deliberately awkward through context, Boat Sex. Yeah, right. So I'm uh, Jude Schubert. Always, we are joined by Christiana Ellis. Hello. Nutty Nookchus. Hello. And Vivid Muse. Hi. Hey, everybody. So, yeah. Big, big, big. I kind of somehow was able to be a slow yet extremely packed and filled episode. Like uh, it was because it's long. <laughs> true. It was, what, a half hour longer than normal? Almost, yeah. 40 minutes, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Um, <laughs> does anybody have any news bits or pieces? I haven't seen anything. Um, the only thing I saw was not really news that's like separate from the contents of the episode, but it was an interview with the actor who plays Bran that just provides some context for one of the scenes that I'm sure we'll be talking about. So I'll discuss it then. I think the only news is that we are to expect. Uh, or rather not to expect it to show up before 2019. Was that a, we won't see it until then, or was it, we might not see it until then? I'm not sure. It seemed like the consensus was it's going to be 2019 when we see it. Well, you know, often that's how it works with deadlines, right? You know, it's like, well, if you, if you tell people that you're giving yourself until 2019, then yeah, that's how long it will take. (laughs) Because you've allowed yourself to make it take that long. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, So in the episode, the uh, nothing new in the title, although it may be updated next time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, thank. At the very least, you'd think if they keep doing Eastwatch, they'll probably need to. Yeah. Well, if they if they made uh, Winterfell smolder. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, um, what if they just made the whole map start to look whiter and whiter? There you go. Ooh. <laughs> um, well, let's jump right into it, into a King's Landing. <clears throat> we see Danny's full might on display. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, I guess first Jabron and Jamie share some philosophy. Um, trying to remember now what they were talking about. Yeah, I, I I wasn't able to rewatch the episode episode this time, so I'm I'm suddenly just trying to remember. Oh, it was uh, it was about about cocks, right? <laughs> just yes. Went, yes. Oh, right, the cockles. <laughs> Everything comes down to cocks, and that sets the scene for this episode, as we see later on. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> so the. Uh, uh, Unsullied are there, and then they have their chat, and then Dothraki arrived, and the fleet arrives. <laughs> uh, Sandor checks on the beastie, giving it a little knock. Mm-hmm. We all know it made it south. 
Yeah. <laughs> um. It was definitely creepy too. It was just one of those things where it's like you sure don't want it to just sort of be permanently dead in a way that would have defeated mm-hmm. the whole purpose of having it. And yet you also kind of don't want it to keep making that noise. <laughs> it, it, it's funny though, because him kicking the box is talking directly to me with the fear of, yeah, but what if it can't survive south of the wall and ends up right. dying before you get there? Yeah, <clears throat> we've got a scene with Cersei and Kyburn. Cersei gives her kill preference to the mountain. <laughs> that was awesome. Which yeah. Is, yeah. Um, and then Team Dragon march up to the meet um, without Danny, <clears throat> greeted mm-hmm. by Braun. So, yeah, this was a, a nice little chat, a nice little catch up, I thought. I thought it was just a, a little bit weird that the, the show played even a teensy bit coy with us, the viewer, as to what Danny was doing and tried, tried to spend any energy whatsoever making us wonder why she's not with them. I mean, it's one thing for mm. the other side to not necessarily know, but, but we certainly immediately know as soon as Danny's not with them, it's like, oh, it's because she's going to ride a dragon in because that would right. be badass. Yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it felt a little bit weird that the show seemed to want to have that be a mystery of some kind, even briefly. Right. <laughs> what could happen to her? Yeah, I don't um, know. Yeah, I didn't think it was so much of a mystery. It was just like, yeah, we, we've been watching. <laughs> <laughs> Get a nice chat with Tyrion and Pod, mm-hmm. and of course Bran and. Sandor. Uh, oh, Brienne. I, I thought you said Bran and Sandor, and I oh, was no. confused Sorry. for a second. That was a great exchange. I really liked that one. Um, that was my favorite of these little exchanges. Yeah. It was like uh, I saw someone compare it to um, amicably divorced parents exchanging <laughs> yes. notes. <laughs> and how proud they are of their little murder child. Right. Yep. <laughs> <Still alive. laughs> I there's there is a nice theme of people talking about the Stark girls away from them, and the uh, the people they're talking to going, that's good. I'm glad that they're doing so well and so strong, you know, uh, like with John and Tyrion and, and now with Brienne and Sandor, it's, it's some pretty cool stuff. <laughs> Why aren't you protecting her? Oh, she's not the one that needs protection. Yeah. <laughs> Tyrion, uh, re-offers for bronze services. And remember, whatever they're paying, I'll double it. I love that. Which... I was intri- a little smirk at. Yeah, I was intrigued though, just that it's one thing for Braun to say, well, you know, I at the same time, you know, I'm doing all right. But at but at the same time, we also saw him just recently tell Jamie, I think you guys are gonna lose, and dragons mm-hmm. are where I draw the line. And yet here he still is. Here yeah. he refuses an offer to join what he presumably thinks is going to be the winning side. So I, I kind of wonder what's going on with Braun a little bit. Um, and I can't help 
you know, I think in another season, I would have been more inclined to be saying, hmm, let's really parse out what he might be thinking. Whereas mm -hmm. in this season, I think it's more like, yeah, they just wanted to keep him on that side. So they just contrived that that's why. We don't want that complication this right yeah. this second. Yeah. But I, I think it's going to come it's, up. It's very much <laughs> that. Um, what I'd love is for it to be that Braun is going to change sides later, but I don't want to spend too much time trying to theorize what they're doing because <laughs> I feel like they're just they're just cheating us in all of that ways. So, yeah, uh, they honestly should be start to be a little more ruthless in killing off characters. Honestly, um, either that or giving them reasons to just be off the stage. Because as much as we don't want to lose anybody, all these people are fun to deal with. It's just increasingly going to be a problem that you have to wrap up two dozen characters still. Yeah, yeah. I just, I kind of felt like they know how every little minuscule detail is examined and reviewed and talked about for hours. Hello, that's what we do. And I think they just kind of were making sure that we all know where all the chess pieces are on the board, you know, at the beginning and the end of the episode. And so I kind of appreciated that, but it was, uh, it was kind of overkill for me as well. Mm -hmm. and then, uh, but, uh, so yeah. Sorry. they <laughs> enter was... the dragon pit yeah. um, I thought that was a great choice for the location yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's fun to see it um, and also to hear about it but just the metaphor of why Cersei would have chosen to have the meeting there mm -hmm. you know that idea of like this is where we used to keep the dragons Right. And they got all small mm -hmm. and sick. <laughs> yeah, I um, I it was a great place to hold it, but the 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 set was actually pretty cool. Um, it just it reminded me a lot of the Coliseum. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, let's see. Uh, Paulette says, oh. depending on how much wildfire Cersei has left, that could be accomplished quickly. Yeah, she could <laughs> easily do it. I get the feeling, though. Like, this is not something the show has addressed, and they could all always change it at will. But I got the impression that blowing up the Sept was, like, that was what they had left. Yeah, that's my impression as well. Yeah, that's my assumption. Um, so Sandor heads straight to his brother. Does mm. not wait. <laughs> so Let's good. get this over with. <laughs> yeah. So I'm guessing um, when he says, "You know who's coming for you," he meant himself, right? It seemed oh, yeah. weirdly phrased because yeah. he was right there in front of him. <laughs> I, I. I am looking forward to Clegane Bowl because at yes. this point, I think this scene is kind of a promise to the audience yeah. that it's going to happen. Yeah. But at yeah. the same time, like this scene, other than it being kind of a wink to the audience that we're going to get something later, really nothing like there was nothing to it. There is kind of, there was yeah. actually several scenes like the, that in this episode where it was just kind of like, why did that even happen? Well, 
the, mm -hmm. the thing that I took from the two of them standing face to face, kind of like right before a boxing match, you'd see them standing face to face. I did not remember that Sandor is as tall as the mountain. I mean, they stood face to face and he did not tower over the hound. And so to me, that was of note. And I appreciated that because you wouldn't have, we wouldn't have gotten it any other way. And I, I seriously did not remember. I mean, I know he's huge compared to other men, but I didn't remember him being, you know, equal, equal ish to the mountain. Well, the, the, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you have to remember, this is a different actor playing the mountain. Well, uh, yeah, but they don't care about the last that in the time show. They would have scaled yeah. him, and, yeah. and the mountain was also in full armor, and the hound wasn't. So, I mean, he should have been more imposing and towering, even if they did change the actor. Yeah, they I spent guess. a lot of time of framing the mountain, you know, all the time to make him extra towering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not, yeah, even when they don't need to, like with Tyrion. Mm-hmm. But so that's what I took from it. Like I tried to find something in every single scene. I took it as they've already condensed the season so much that, you know, us getting an extra whatever number of minutes this episode, they're not going to waste a second of it because they've got to convey a lot. So I tried to find what were they trying to show us in like every little flicker on screen. So I might have delved a little too deep in some places. <laughs> and I'm fine with being called on that. Well, hey, that's why we're here, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. And Pinch's fan service never hurt anybody. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so I Cersei, guess, I guess, I'm right, sorry. Okay. I, yeah. I it's it's not. I I think that w was my frustration though is that it it felt like fan service tease. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, like oh. it it hinted that you were gonna get something, but not now. Not yet. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I see, uh, Mike McCauley said, did the show ever go into why the mountain's face is so disfigured? They definitely did. Mm -hmm. On both brothers, in case you meant the hound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. They've covered it quite well, I think. It's oh. not implicitly like, oh, these are where these exact scars came from. But when you're resurrecting somebody back from the dead, uh, they're not going to look too pretty. And I think they went into a bit of like, yeah, he's back, but it's not uh, the same. Well, he's been getting worse, too. Like, they've definitely been evolving the makeup um, to make him look worse beneath the helmet than, mm -hmm. you know, progressively worse. Yeah. It makes me think that later on when the way Kyburn is looking at that hand is related to the mountain. Oh, totally. I was, I was really, really excited when they showed that close-up of his eyes because it was like, okay, double check, check. They're not blue. <laughs> he didn't turn him into, you know, a walker, and then he commands them with the vampire rules. Mm -hmm. <laughs> seemed quite irritated. <laughs> yeah, he needs to get some visine. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, uh, Danny arrives fashionably late, and uh, with. The ultimate style of the dragon to the dragon pit. Yeah, that was really impressive, and you could tell. You know, Cersei couldn't hide yeah. the surprise of yeah. the actual spectacle. It's one thing to hear about dragons; it's another <laughs> thing to experience it. Well, yeah, it, it's also just the knowledge of. She could just breathe fire down on all of us right now, and there would be nothing we could do about it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
there's a, a little bit in the books about making people wait and that it's a tactic that Tywin would use. Mm. Something that he would teach to his kids is that when you make someone wait, you control the interaction. And, you know, Cersei obviously did that to the dragon crew. And then it was flipped on her and she had to do that again. And, and there's really no recovery other than, oh, you're late. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, you see, uh, you're on basically waiting for somebody to start so you can interrupt them. <laughs> yeah. I think it's pretty clear. Calling Theon out and gets the shutdown. The smackdown. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's, uh, um, it, it's, it's definitely clear that he's, you know, he's in it for the head games. And I, you know, I, especially, I think what we, given what we learn later in the mm -hmm. episode, even though he's told to basically sit down and shut up, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if all that whole thing was like, you know, mm -hmm. He's, he's, go ahead and make some trouble until I tell you to stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. After we find out the other stuff, it's like, oh, okay. But uh, I do love the way that Tyrion just handles him. And uh, <laughs> it's just, remember what I told you about dwarf jokes? Mm -hmm. This wasn't even funny. I mean, I, and that's going back. That, that's yeah. not a conversation they had this season that's going yeah. way back right i think yeah so. that no that was that was yeah that's season one, one. yeah mm -hmm. and i love that mm -hmm. <laughs> they did a lot of season one callbacks there were so many mentions of ned yeah mm -hmm. he was all over the place yeah <laughs> you're doing great sweetie <laughs> it's a meme going around online and every time something really cool has been happening this season. It's an image of Ned Stark's tomb with the caption of, you're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, anytime you hear me say that, just imagine that. That's what's going on. All right. On. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> so we have, so like, all the conversations, Cersei's shortness and this and that, I thought it was pretty great. It's mm -hmm. went out, I you know, was, I think as well as could be expected <laughs> mm -hmm. um, for people who do not like each other. Yeah. <laughs> as clearly demonstrated. So, of course, Sandor has to bring out the box. <laughs> and we have to wonder why it's not making any noise. Right. I mean, yeah, that soldier was such a, you know, questionable, curious little George that I was like, did he pull that fucker out? Is it running loose in King's Landing? And I think that actually, right, wouldn't it? But it was kind of like, why, like he said, why isn't it making any noise? Why is he looking at it like he's not freaking out still? And then he kicks it and there it is. Yeah, when he told the guy not to touch it, I was like, oh, great. Someone's yeah. going to touch it. Yeah, right. always got to touch it. <laughs> what happens when you tell them not to push the button? Right. They want to push the button. Buttons aren't toys. <laughs> um, and it heads straight for Cersei, and she is legit 
terrified. Mm. <laughs> like, and uh, Mike McCauley says that uh, he loved the fact that it lunged right for Surge. Yeah. I will say, given that I, you know, I don't think any of us were in disagreement on this point that the idea that this plan seemed unlikely to actually sway Cersei. I will say that given my, you know, feeling of that throughout, even once, you know, that we had our misdirect later, the actual demonstration and the way they executed it in the show made for surprisingly effective demonstration in to the extent that I could say, even if I think it's still unlikely that Cersei would completely be on board with the whole plan, mm -hmm. I could buy that she now actually does take it seriously as a threat. Yeah. yeah. I, I believed her fear 100%. Yeah. Like the face that she made was perfect. Yeah. And I, I don't think it was intentional, but for my column of Cersei's line about being pregnant, she didn't grab her belly. Mm. Isn't that the stereotype, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. But then everybody would know, and we couldn't have that. <laughs> and the other nitpick is, what's with the fucking mountain? He's got a million variations of kill, <laughs> but he didn't step in front and chop that thing in half. I guess it was just right. too fast, right? Yeah. He, he well, likes yeah. Michael Myers speed, and this is fast zombie speed, so they don't yeah. like that. <laughs> No, I, I think that's legit. I, I think that's the actual answer. So so here's something that I was wondering after the vampire hierarchy magic that we saw is that maybe, you know, Kyburn made, uh, made uh, I keep trying to call him Robert Strong, made, um, made the mountain not just, okay, he'll obey your commands, but like on a level of he can't help but compel what she needs because I was watching her like of course we all watched real closely with the scenes with Cersei and Tyrion and then Jamie later with the mountain but like he wasn't waiting for her to issue a command like he reacted for her and so I was wondering if, if there was going to be any kind of exploration for that because he didn't necessarily wait for her to give him a command when he would move forward or not mm -hmm. I think he didn't like make any actions I didn't see that weren't something that she would I mean I just don't know and so then when he was faced with the white I would imagine her response would have been get that thing you know kill that thing in front of me certainly so, at least protect her from it exactly and so it's so weird well I the I I feel like there's there's probably two answers to this one is not really an answer so much as just a realization that the show has really not been helpful for us in understanding exactly what level of mind he still has mm -hmm. yeah because he certainly he doesn't speak he generally acts as though he has no real will of his own most of the time but at the same time, it seems clear that when he stomped out to kind of confront Sandor, like that seemed personal. Yeah. Which would suggest mm -hmm. that he does like remember who he was and that that's still meaningful for him. Right. Which is really our first indication of that. Yeah. 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 It Up really until is. this point, I just thought he was a shell. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and that is, yeah. you're right. That That's the only time that it was like, huh. He might still be in there. Yeah. Isn't that terrifying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's actually worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then uh, <clears throat> Sandor starts chopping it in half and whatnot, and Kyburn comes out. <laughs> All I can think is uh, there is not enough fabric in the universe to hide his boner. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> my God. Uh, I joked on Twitter that when he said that uh, I had uh, I didn't get the screenshot because I it wasn't able at the time, but I, it was Kyburn. It comes in white. I'm getting one. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, he was definitely uh, like super fascinated. He was like, "Wow, yeah, this is sure. this is a whole nother level of Frankenstein." All right, uh, how does this work? I want this, and. And like maybe even, hmm, well, my deal with Sir Robert isn't really working yeah. the way that I, maybe I can learn from this. Like he wants to make this a lab specimen, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. which as, should be very scary. As yeah. we were watching it, Viv was, no, Kyburn, no, 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 take it away. <laughs> get it, get it. Somebody get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take it, take it, take it from him. Get oh, good, him. good, good, good job, us. The water spray. No, Kyburn, no, down, down. <laughs> The John made it. John made a beeline for him and just took it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was watching his hands. Like, did he scrape any skin? Did he get? Nope. It was a clean pass off. <laughs> oh yeah, didn't take take the hand so he can demonstrate the 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 fire and Kyburn's just like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I wanted a souvenir. I wanted to play but, with uh, it. <laughs> gonna let it like right on my shoulder, like a little pet. <laughs> Make a cuter hand, little, you know, piece of jewelry for sure. Oh, no, he wants to use it to replace Jamie's hand. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh idle hands, Westerosi style. Ew, ew. <laughs> the hands uh. that touch the queen. Ah. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm interested, like, just even though, obviously, I, I, I love that as, as a joke, but my brain just immediately went to take it seriously, which is to say, you know, I don't think Kyburn likes Jamie. I don't think he would, you know, like, he would be interested in principle, but I think that he would know better than to approach Jamie with that result, that, that offer. But at the same time, uh, I, I, I love that idea, though. <laughs> I, I, I bet right. it would be something he would think to himself in his bedroom. It's like, oh. I wish Jamie were cooler about this sort of thing. It would be awesome. I could have given him a white hand. Right. So as you said, it's something Sticking he's thinking about in his bedroom. I went a whole other place. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. What Church said earlier. <laughs> I was, I'll be honest. We have this. Have, have you guys, either of you played the game um, Joking Hazard? It's a card no. game that came out by the guys at Cyanide and Happiness, Happiness last year. Hmm. Okay. So it's like it's like a cartoon version with those characters of um, Cards Against Humanity, mm -hmm. and so there's of course some naughty cards, and there's a couple of cards where they're like masturbation jokes, and there's like one of the characters, and he has a little boner under his shirt, and then there's like this little fap 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 like <laughs> thing that they have on there, and it's just like as soon as that happened, we're like, yep, he's Kyburn's happy, fap fap fap. <laughs> He's just, that's the best thing that's happened to him since he got to play with Robert. So I Paulette mean, says... I mean, the mountain. Paulette says, next season there will be a little box in every room of King's Landing. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> See, even if he gave it to Jamie, then Jamie would have two hands again, the left and the white. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Yikes. Rimshot sample. <laughs>
<laughs> so we got uh, you're on. Can this win? I'm out. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was, you know, it was it was interesting. Obviously, you know, we we can talk about it in the context of, of what we learn later. Mm-hmm. But when it happened, I thought that was a really interesting direction to take the story in, which yeah. it, it actually, it's, it's once again, it felt a little bit more like the old school show where instead of mm-hmm. just trying to maneuver everybody like chess pieces, it would have people react sometimes in ways that don't necessarily lend themselves. And not only that, but I also immediately started thinking to myself, well, John, you said that they don't swim pretty quickly. I mean, have you seen yeah. them try? Yeah. <laughs> Not really. Like, and they could they walk along the bottom? Yeah. Or just something like that. And I mean, the Iron Islands are way more north than King's Landing is. Um, so they, I don't know, maybe retrieve something from the bottom of the water with some big changes. No, of them. Huh? <laughs> so I, but I thought it was a really interesting idea to have Euron just kind of say you know what? I'm not even going to try to fight that. I'm going to let them yeah. do what they're going to do. And then we'll come out to see who's left. Yeah. I, I thought, thought that was really a really character. Yeah. yeah. That seemed natural to me. Yeah. And we see it later with the other Island iron Islanders. So, I mean, it just, to me, I, yeah. I bought it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm too convinced that he's doing what Cersei says he's doing. I know. I agree. But the we'll get there. Other- the other thing that um, just keeps occurring to me and just does not seem to be on anybody's radar in the show, which is to say, is this a Westeros-only threat? Like, you've got a yeah. whole other continent. Mm-hmm. Why don't we hear more people talk about the idea of, should we just try to have mass refugees relocating to Essos here? Right. Yeah. And I guess nobody wants to do that, but to have it not even brought up as an option. Yeah. Yeah, send <laughs> send your non-fighters to Essos or other continents. Yeah, obviously that's, you know, potentially risky there, you know, refugees in Essos are, you know, <laughs> slaves ripe for being taken as slaves, but uh you know, but that's why you don't necessarily just send them by themselves, but uh yeah. mm-hmm. It's yeah. a whole planned effort. Well, that's that's the other thing too is that uh, it, it's it's a piece of the world building that at least in the show has n- just really not been acknowledged at all. Is that for all of this winter is coming and this oncoming threat that's portrayed like it's the end of the world? It's really not clear how much of any of that affects any parts of Essos at all. Yeah. yeah. Like, is it even getting colder in Bravos? Say, like we've yeah. seen no evidence of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the banker could have said something. Mm. It, it's, but, yeah. it's it's pretty Westerosi centric. Yeah, yeah. There, he's he's treating it. I felt like the banker was treating it like a spectator would treat it. Like, ooh, I'm gonna mm-hmm. bet on this horse and that horse because it doesn't really impact me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, I don't know if he really knows about. Yeah, we don't really know what they know over there in Essos, but I can't believe that he would be totally. I mean, that's what they do is keep their eye on, on what's going on in the countries to decide what where the good investments are. I don't know. It's confusing. Well, in the chat, mm-hmm. Mike McCauley says, well, the rules kind of changed now that there's a converted dragon, which is certainly true from our perspective, but nobody yeah. else knows that yet. Yeah. yeah. 
Tormund mm -hmm, knows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> so Cersei agrees to a truce with a condition. Before we're not two sides. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. John does the start thing. John, don't do it. I'm doing it. John, no, John, don't. I'm doing <laughs> yeah. it. John, I'm I'm <laughs> God damn it. Damn it, John. That was brilliant of her though. That's the only person that she could ask. I mean, yeah. and see well, what, what's really going on. Yeah, uh, the the one thing though that kind of I couldn't help but think to myself in that scene, not even so much in that immediate scene, but when everybody's kind of, you know, hanging everything on John later is to say, well, Danny, you could have said something right away. As soon as yeah. he says, I have already pledged said. my service to Daenerys, Daenerys could have said, I release him from that vow in the interest of this peace truce that we're all trying to do. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what she said too. He could have immediately <laughs> nipped that. In the, she could have nipped that in the bud. No, and had, had he agreed to the terms, Cersei could have turned around and said, yeah, that's bullshit and you know it. Yeah. Yeah, she could have gone either way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She knew exactly yeah. what she was doing. She knew what she wanted to happen. She wanted somebody, she wanted probably Tyrion to come after her and make her change her mind. Well, I think she also... I think she also really learned from Tywin the same way the Stark kids learned from Ned and she knew she knows how to get information out of people. I really feel that strongly. And I think that that whole thing with Euron, that whole all of that was to see how people would react. Asking John that question was leading because she would find out if he's already pledged if he can't agree to that. So it was mm -hmm. a way of her finding out the truth as far as John knew it mm -hmm. on the status of their alliance or possible alliance. So I mean I mean, you say what you want about Cersei, but damn it, she's good. She is so yeah. good. Well, uh, you know, as 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 we established, right? Just like you're you're saying, um, Euron had already, you know, uh, said peace out at this point, which we know later was a prearranged ploy, or mm -hmm. or is it? Actually, I want to ask it? that question because I... the because what she does say about it later is suggests that so was it a pre-arranged ploy or is it she made him another offer behind the scenes mm -hmm. I don't know it, the show doesn't really tell us I if no. I feel like it makes it sound like it was a ploy but I don't it also doesn't make it clear how 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 or when that would have been arranged and yeah, yeah. well and, and she also was it was pre-arranged yeah Go ahead. but I feel like that was leading and I might be looking too much into detail, like with season three eyes instead of season seven, you know, end of season. And we've only got six allegedly more episodes coming. Like it seemed like it was possible that she kind of threw that together afterwards. Cause she'd already said she would do anything, including lie to save her family. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I don't, I, I agree if they made that agreement, which I think is suspect because we didn't see anything. It was a behind the scenes thing. That's fine. But I think they left it open because when that the scene with the white coming at her first happened and all of that stuff, and then John gives the info dump and burns the hand, Euron looks at Cersei and 
I at first it was like, holy shit, I thought, you know, did you see that? Oh, god damn, everything's changed, kind of a look to her. On the rewatch, I looked at it, and I really couldn't tell if he was trying to look to gauge her reaction or for a signal from her on, okay, do this, you know, go ahead and storm out now. This is this is as bad as we thought. Storm out, move on. Or if it was just him storming out and her using that as, oh, we planned it, you know, just to see what Jamie would do. Again, looking for information and loyalty. And the third option is that, no, he's gone. Yeah. And she's just saying that. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. That she made up the whole thing. The only thing that makes me think that the show intends it to be a situation where she prearranged it is the fact that we knew about the Golden Company. Right. Mm -hmm. and yeah. getting financing from the Iron Bank. We knew already that that was on the table and that it was very plausible she would have already been making arrangements to have the fleet bring mm -hmm. them over, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So the fact that we already knew she was likely to be making arrangements of that kind makes me think that the show intended it to be a prearranged mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm thinking. But then again, they also tie it to this whole nobody walks away from me thing, yeah. which is, I don't know. I, I had some nitpicks to, to do with some of that stuff that we mm -hmm. haven't really got to. So let's, I'll, I'll hold them until we're <laughs> talking about those scenes. Yeah. yeah. It seemed all prearranged to me. There was part of me that thought maybe, you know, he was going to go get the army no matter what. And she could send a raven to say whether to head north or head, you know, where to mm -hmm. go. But um, I think that the logic she lays out with Jamie is pretty good. I mean, she mm -hmm. has a really solid <laughs> handle on things and a solid case. Um, you know, so I think it was prearranged. I mean, the only... Th they don't often mention troop sizes like actual numbers very often unless they want to point out a huge disparity in my mind. At least that's what I've seen like when they've talked about numbers at, with, you know, fighting Ramsey and whatever. And in the episode, they made a point of saying, Danny saying that there were at least 100,000 in the army of the undead. And, you know, Cersei then brags to Jamie that, well, I've got 20,000, you know, I've got 20,000 coming. Elephants, too. And it's like, well, that's still a fifth of the army that exists now. Well, but I, I think her plan, though, is by not helping Danny and John, she's assuming that she will let them wear each other out and that she only has to fight whatever's left. No, I get that. But, I mean, I still think the math is off as far as Tywin would have looked at that and probably questioned, you know, the odds on that a little bit more, I think. But I mean, I don't know whether what other play she has either in her situation, in her specific corner that she's painted herself into. And her um, miscalculation of, you know, well, anybody the army of the dead kills becomes the army of the dead. Right. <laughs> like, That's exactly. Yeah. If they win, it's not. They're not going to be whittled down. They're going to be reinforced. Yeah. Yep. But but Cersei has got a pattern throughout the show of essentially playing with fire, not caring about the danger so long as her enemies get burned first. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Jeez. And this may be like, well, screw, we're all gonna die anyways. Let's party. Let's have our kid rule. <laughs> <laughs> well, it 
ties back to that whole idea of uh, you know, like the character that it was originally said about uh, is not in the picture anymore. But the idea of uh, would burn down the country, you know, the the kingdom if they could rule the ashes. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. Screw oh, global warming. Thing. I'm gonna get mine. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's a familiar <laughs> theme. <laughs> Got a great conversation of a well, brief conversation, but Brienne and Jamie. Oh, that's mm -hmm. fuck loyalty. Like. Yes. What? I know that was epic. I just that's I think my favorite thing that she may has, may have ever said ever because it was just like this thing we can't talk about oats and loyalty anymore. This is not no. So that's my first note. Fuck loyalty. <laughs> I loved it. That yeah. that just and and it was an entire argument in one line. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, what was what was great about it is that for one, I think that we can probably say for Brienne, she, she doesn't mean fuck loyalty like from her perspective, mm -hmm. but she recognizes that Jamie's got loyalty issues, <laughs> and if she if she's seeing him already hide behind. You're going to let your sister make a disastrous decision because your version of loyalty means not calling her on her bullshit. That's not fuck that kind of loyalty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hmm. I also think that like post traveling with Brienne, Jamie is trying to be a better man and he's trying to be more of what Brienne thinks a knight should be. And so for her to come up and say that to him, it's kind of like a smack in the face, like snap out of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. You yeah. can't you, like loyalty is not the only thing at work here. And I do think that if the roles were reversed and Sansa was saying, no, I'm going to pull all my troops away. We, we will let uh, the enemy fight, fight these whites. Uh, Brienne would have the same reaction and say, no, no, I don't care what you say. You're wrong. Right. Um, and uh, I think uh, I just I think it's really powerful. And I really do think that without that little conversation, uh, things would not have gone the way that they went for Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. So yeah. we've got John defending his decision. Um, everybody understands and respects it. <laughs> and then in my notes again, why doesn't Danny just release him? God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other, the other thing is too, that it's an illustration of it. I, I, on the one hand, I, I kind of liked the speech that they, they gave him. I feel like he, mm -hmm. he did some meaningful things that are worth reflecting on a little bit. Just the, this idea of, look, if we start opening ourselves up to the idea that you don't have to keep your promises, then what are we even doing here? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, and like, he had a point, right? Yeah. It's just this sort of thing. It's like, oh, we're going to make a truce with these people who hate our guts and we're going to lie and assume they're lying. So then what's, yeah. what are we even doing? Right. Um, but at the same time, um, 
it also just struck me that like if this whole idea of the whole conception of this is that we're being politically savvy and that sort of thing and diplomacy and all of that sort of thing the uh, saber rattling is like that's mm -hmm. the, these are known quantities in that arena so mm -hmm. like why <laughs> why are we acting like oh john you had to go and tell the truth now you've ruined everything right can't possibly recover from that one guy saying the truth well, and I mean, I mean, they brought it out. Cersei saying, I'll ask Ned Stark's son, whatever. And mm -hmm. then, I mean, nobody's told him, now make sure you lie if she asks if you have an allegiance. Nobody prepped him. They would have worked it all out before. They all mm -hmm. assumed he would lie, but they all know who his father is. So it's almost as if, you know, it's like one of those inconvenient truth situations. Like, well, he's just going to lie when we want him to, and he'll just know. Mm -hmm. And then act surprised when he doesn't. And I appreciate the fact that he said in his part of his speech was, go ahead and tell me that that's why my father got killed. You know, it's like, whatever, it's not going to change me. Shut up fans. I hear you. You know, <laughs> I just loved it. And then I also wanted to say that, well, no, I'm going to save that thought for a minute later when we talk about that, the later scene, but yeah, I thought he was great. I thought it was exactly what I needed to hear to just, you know, as the last little, okay, John's cool with it. Cause he knows he's going to get made fun of for being honest and that's just how it's going to be. And now they all know it and they know that he will not link on that when it comes down to, you know, such important conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I thought, I mean, I think that they played it up for, you know, the dramatic tension in the show and that's fine yeah. too. But I, yeah. I really think that it like what makes more sense to me is for them to all be coming into this with the perspective of we're selling here and we need her to buy what we're selling. And she has just said she doesn't like the price and she's going to try to walk away. Mm -hmm. We're haggling. This is yeah. what the whole point is. <laughs> yeah. So she's walking away like, oh, nope, this is my price, and then that's what I'll do it, and you won't give me that? Okay, then I'm leaving. And then they say, okay, so what's the counteroffer? Like, that's right. this okay, is the beginning the of the process, as opposed to making it sound like, oh, my gosh, she walked away. What are we going to do? The stocks like, don't haggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, that said, like, I mean, ex what, hap what they did is exactly what, like, always made sense that they were going to have to do, which is to say, okay, she's made it clear she's willing to walk away, so we're going to have to figure out what we can do to change her mind. And so they did, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what they tried, but they, they had to wring their hands for a little bit and uh, give John a hard time. Mm-hmm. I did actually like Danny's part of that, though, which is to just kind of that, that's where we're really seeing the continuation of the genuine chemistry there, I think, which is to sort of say, you're, you're kind of messing up the plan, but I, I don't hate that you're messing up the plan by <laughs> being so loyal to me. So right. it's like, I love you. You're you're screwing things up for us right now, but yeah. oh my god, that was sexy. You look good doing it. <laughs> you look good doing it. <laughs> uh, anything else on them? <laughs> Got Tyrion heading in to talk to Cersei. Has a yeah. nice moment with Jamie to say goodbye. Mm. Oh. 
jokingly, but no. eh, not really. <laughs> yeah, I well, I, the thing is too that I I really feel like it 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 was a crapshoot whether or not Cersei gave in to her obvious desire to kill mm -hmm. Tyrion, mm -hmm. and I think that she did manage ultimately to exert self control in that regard. But it was not a sure thing. Yeah. Um, so I I think that her ego of being able to handle the situation better, honestly, is what saved him. Is that that she felt like I could indulge in this immediate gratification, but that would just ruin everything else that I have planned. Mm -hmm. I think I can still get it all. And that means that I have to not kill him yet. And I think that was honestly all that stayed her hand. Mm -hmm. um, and I love the conversation, but what I will say is I liked this scene more before the one with Jamie later, because honestly for the show to put Cersei in a situation where she tells both brothers, maybe I'm going to have the mountain kill you. Mm -hmm. and I'm, maybe I'm going to hold out the tension uh, 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 and then they both actually end up walking away. And I just feel like, well, okay, so what, <laughs> what yeah. was the point of that? Why have the two parallel scenes and have them both go the same way? I didn't mm -hmm. like that. Like yeah. it would yeah. The only tension I believed was with Tyrion. Cause like, I really thought, yeah, she yeah. yeah. Jamie, I didn't really buy it. And it's like that scene, uh, the scene wa where the white didn't um, react right away. And I think we've already mentioned one of the other scenes. It, you know, they they built up this dramatic tension and it's like, are you, are you trying to psych out the audience? Because yeah. we're not psyched out. Like it just feels a little cheap. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I think dramatically, not that I wanted her to have the mountain kill Jamie at the end. Like, I didn't want that to happen. But when we think about it from a dramatic standpoint, to put the two brothers in a similar situation and have Jamie be the one that she actually follows through on, uh -huh. like, that's narratively interesting. Yeah. But to set up this situation for both brothers and then to let both of them go, especially with how weird the end of the Jamie one is. Yeah. It feels weird. Mm -hmm. Like, why did we do that? That yeah. felt strange. Mm -hmm. I kind mm. of felt like maybe, you know, after she lost Marcella and Tommen that, you know, maybe she wanted just to get back with Jamie solely to try and get pregnant again. And now that she had that, she didn't really need him again because how likely was it that she would be able to get pregnant again if something happened to this child. And so I, I don't even know how much I think she was really invested in Jamie himself, other than being able to provide that special Lannister, you know, genetic gift. Um, and so I, I think she was more surprised than anything, but yeah, I didn't understand the whole, I'm, I might kill you thing. I just really, that was so hollow. And so, I don't know, it was disappointing. Well What's frustrating too, I mean, we're already, we're kind of talking about the later one is that it's, it's one thing for her to not be willing to follow through and for Jamie to call her bluff, 
but the way it plays out makes it look like she does give the mountain the command, mm -hmm. but somehow he magically reads her mind to know that she doesn't mean it. Yeah. And then Jamie just walks away. And I'm like, how did that work? That's well, what that's I was saying is his variation of kill. <laughs> well, she gives the little nod. Like, what is, that, what is that nod? That looked to me like her giving the mountain the signal to was, do it. Right. But then, like, then he says, I don't believe you. And like, what? Yeah, that's so that's what leads to my belief on that whole he he he's like tied into the hive mind thing with with her yeah. rather than just you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's just I, weird. Honestly, though, I I'm I'm more inclined to believe that it's just weird. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like it's <laughs> yeah. it's like there's I not totally an answer for why it's weird. It's it's just, it's just awkwardly written. Yeah. Um and and shot. Um. I will say that in terms of the performances in in each scene, I thought were great. I just thought it was really strange to set up parallel circumstances that way, and then not pull the trigger on either one. Pregnancy mm -hmm. has softened her. <laughs> She's all maternal and nurturing, letting her brothers live. But it makes her look weak. She doesn't actually do anything yeah. in this one. Like we set up that, oh, she's actually not following through on the promise, but it makes her very passive in this episode. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it would have mm -hmm. been better had she not threatened Jamie. The threatening of Tyrion and that whole scene works. It just, the threatening yeah. of Jamie is like, is that really where you want to go? You really want to mm -hmm. burn that bridge? Or, or if they had maybe stopped short of the the holding out the moment like that to get to mm -hmm. the point where he says he's going to leave and she says well what if i had the mountain kill you and then he just said you wouldn't and then mm -hmm. and then he leaves instead of drawing it out and creating this yeah. identical moment yeah, yeah. but yeah they could have just done a fade to black for god's yeah. sake yeah. <laughs> um but the uh the whole scene with her and Tyrion mm. blew me away. They both did some pretty amazing acting. Uh, and then Tyrion going into that, you know, as we said, didn't know how it was going to end. And I don't mm -hmm. think Jamie knew how it was going to end either. I think Jamie yeah. was probably as worried as Tyrion was. They acted their butts off. Um, yeah. And we have concurrent by Scott in the chat. Uh, I, <laughs> not exactly to those words, but uh, I the tension worked in that scene and i think my favorite part was he goes for the wine right after yeah and yeah, that's what that. signals to you that yeah yeah he was shitting his pants yeah <laughs> well i i loved the sense of history between them that he pours himself a glass and one for mm -hmm. her yeah oh <laughs> i was waiting for that second one i was waiting yeah. for it um i i really loved that and so like i said i really have no quarrel with this scene except that in retrospect i'm annoyed that they set up a very similar situation yeah mm -hmm. again with no different outcome and that just felt narratively awkward to me um so but this scene i i think is fantastic i loved some of it's, it's kind of like that first scene back with Tyrion and jamie where they have some real issues to deal with and the fact that you know Tyrion's going to insist you know i actually did love marcella and tommen and it mm -hmm. hurts me that you're trying to put them on me too when i really had mm -hmm. nothing to do with it and then she's making the point of like that was a chain of events that was started with you killing tywin 
And, you know, so it's like, is it fair? No, but it feels emotionally true for her. And that's all she needs in order to continue blaming him. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I loved all of that. I thought that was really uh, great. And I think also just, it makes, you know, again, not only does it, uh, you know, I think that there are plenty of reasons why she would ultimately not kill Tyrion. But it's also a valid question for us to ask what transpired between the end of that conversation. Like what, what was the actual new agreement that got yeah. Cersei to be willing to come back to the table? We yeah, kind of didn't hear that Tyrion, part. What yeah. convinced Tyrion that she was legit? Um, so before we get to that though, uh, I did not believe she was really pregnant until Tyrion said it. When he looked at her and he goes, you're pregnant. And when he realized, you know, because he, 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 it shows us Tyrion is super smart and he can put all those pieces together and he was able to tell when no one else can. Yeah. And he was like, oh, you're pregnant. And I think that has a lot to do with what transpires, transpired that we didn't see. And I'm not sure what it is, but I'm going to read some things from the chat because I'd heard uh, quite a few people uh, talking about this this week. Um, let's see, where is it? Uh, Mike McCauley, uh, very suspicious scene for me makes you wonder what Tyrion said to Cersei to make her have a change of heart. I think once Tyrion realized Cersei was pregnant, he made some sort of deal to make her think a Lannister will ultimately get the throne. And that's a big uh, theory that a lot of fans are having. Um, and then Scott says she let Tyrion live so he could go and say there's a truce. There really isn't in Cersei's mind. But yeah, but uh, she, he still had to promise something yeah. for for him to believe that she could be swayed so easily. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't think she's pregnant and I don't mm -hmm. think we're ever going to find out for sure. Um, but I think that was totally tele, you know, she broadcasted that she was. Yeah. Oh, when I saw those things and then she starts rubbing her belly and she yeah. did that specifically so he would ask yeah because there definitely is some weirdness there again just like trying to play the uh the vegas odds right like is she pregnant or not we uh -huh. can sort of think well jamie has already broken with her right uh -huh. so it's one of those things where if she was not really pregnant that almost feels like that ought to be the detail that would be the final straw uh -huh. like if he yeah. found that out that she had lied to him about that yeah. Um, yeah, that could have been uh, the final break, but I feel like the sense of conflict he would feel, feeling comfortable that he had separated with Cersei, but if he knows that she's actually pregnant with his child, that could give him additional conflict with the remaining battles to come. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's my guess. So, like, I I agree though that I think Viv was on the money with, uh, um, just the idea that um, I'm suddenly blanking. Was it was it you, Viv, that said that you believe it now that Tyrion said it, or was that nutty? That was nutty. That was okay. Nutty. Sorry, I didn't mean to uh, confuse okay. there, but I I think that's right on the money. Um, that I I that's what made me believe it too. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm at now. 
kids that I, I think she really is. I don't know. I guess I was more worried about, is that wine poisoned? You know what I mean? Like, mm. did anybody yeah. think for a second, like, oh, she poisoned the wine knowing Terry crossed my it. mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And send him out the way um, Olena went out with poisoned wine, you know, just because mm -hmm. it would make her smile maybe. But no, that was, wasn't going to happen. Mm -hmm. No, I think to if believe were... it's a true truce. Yeah. I think if she were to poison him, it would be uh, one that she could see him suffer. Yeah. Because she mm -hmm. hates him. Yeah. yeah. She really does. Yeah. I thought, it was I thought it was interesting that Cersei was able to get Tyrion, you know, she tricked, Cersei tricked Jon into admitting his allegiance for Danny, And then she also got from Tyrion he was saying um, she wanted blood and fire, but she chose me. So I'm, you know, she's wise. She chose this hand. And then she's like, you said she wanted blood and fire. She's not going to be all, you know, sweetness. And so it's like, I think she's really, I think that there was so much talking, you know, compared to the end of the episode, there was just talk, 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 talk in the first half. But I think it really showed just how big of a threat that Cersei still is, regardless of where it seems like she's standing and if she's faking the pregnancy and, or if it's real or whatever, mm -hmm. she is still crazy, like crazy, like strategically brilliant. I think it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, she is with her in like her, in her own particular way. Right. Because it's, it's all kind of like near to medium term with zero long term. Mm. Right. She's been pretty much the reigning queen since season one, though. Well, in some sense, I mean, Marjorie was queen, but whatever. But I mean, she's been she has stayed alive and remained sitting in, you know, in the throne room and in some sense of power, even though she had that, you know, experience with the, the high sparrow. She's well, still lost living. all her children. Well, but I'm talking about her specifically, not like her emotional journey or her kids. Okay. What I'm saying, though, is we know that the the dead are an, the army of the dead are actually an existential threat, and she is does not care. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is mm -hmm. that she is making she is burning every single bridge she has and doing a lot of damage, and it has not yet caught up to her personally. But even her own twin brother that has always stood by her has now just said, nope, I'm out. And she almost told her right-hand zombie to kill him. <laughs> like, that doesn't seem like it's a good long-term strategy to alienate every single ally. Mm -hmm. Now, that said, like, her whole plan, the way she manipulated this situation, got her what she wanted in the short term. And she has a plan, but I, so I'm, I'm not dismissing that she's got a, an eye for strategy. I think she's just not seeing the big picture. Oh, absolutely not. Lord, no. Yeah. Well, that's all I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, I wasn't uh, really disagreeing with you at any point, though, I don't <laughs> think. <laughs> well, I thought you thought I was disagreeing with you. Well, no. <laughs> Um, so got Danny and John give it a little chat before Tyrion and Cersei come back. Um, 
Or he summarizes Davos. We're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> um, although, yeah, well, I still don't understand why they believe Cersei. Which, right? Other than they have to, because otherwise, why did they even go there? Like John wow. said. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Uh, it it was an interesting uh, question because it's kind of just like. Uh, at at a certain point, if you're not gonna believe her when she says she's with you, then why even ask? Mm -hmm. Right. So at some point, you have to kind of extend that offer of trust and say, you know, you have to trust that we're not tricking you, and in exchange, we will trust that you're not tricking us, and either of us could break that at any moment. So, I mean, I, I don't think that they're, you know, like they're aware of the possibility, but yeah, I mean, I feel like after I guess Danny leave, says as much too, because she essentially says, <laughs> you know, she has to plan for that contingency basically. I know, yeah. but they just spent like five solid minutes of this episode talking about John, why didn't you lie? Why didn't you lie? And then Jamie, you know, act surprised that Cersei lied, that she didn't, you know what I mean? He knows her better than anybody. And so I thought that, I don't know, it was, it was one of the things that kind of diminished from the episode from me, because it was just like, okay, we're going to just suspend disbelief. And I, I understand that you have to go into it expecting some level of trust to happen, but then to spend five minutes in literally in dialogue mm -hmm. talking about how he should have lied yeah. To get the upper hand, it's just it. I hate. That's the thing that makes me hate a lot about humanity, though. So I can't really. I can't fault the yeah. characters. Well, that. I I think that it is emblematic of the problems with the writing this season because mm -hmm. it is an example of we have to make the good guys seem trusting so that when Cersei reveals she's tricking them, it makes her worse. Mm-hmm. And so they make the good guys act more like, okay, good. She's on our side. Therefore we win. And then turns out, oh no, she's actually plotting behind them. It's kind of the same thing with that whole other, that, you know, the bit we were talking about earlier where we have to make it seem like, oh no, maybe John ruined everything, even though a re more realistic scenario would be like, oh, well, she didn't, take our asking price so we have mm -hmm. to Agreed. offer more yeah um, but yeah so i think that's it's just the the writing this season is much more focused on trying to heighten those emotional moments often at the cost of plausibility or yeah. grounded character motivation yeah mm -hmm. um Paula in the chat, Brian brings up, oh, what another thing that Danny and John talked about would consider the source on why that witch who killed your husband said, Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. awesome. That was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, wisdom things. <laughs> it leads into later on, but yeah, uh, Paulette, I have also often thought, like, why are we going to believe her? <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm assuming, uh, as a book reader, I'm assuming it's because uh, Danny hasn't bled and, and, you know, to mm -hmm. use their terms, by mm -hmm. the way. Uh, and, and, and that's why she knows it to be true. 
in the show, we haven't seen anything like that. And in yeah. the books, there's uh, something that makes us think that things may have changed that are not boat sex. Um, boat <laughs> sex was much more uh, appealing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, but I, I agree. I like, why are you believing that? And I have a note that came before that and I'm not sure exactly, maybe you guys can help me figure out why I wrote this down, but uh, I'm sure Danny said it about the pit, a dragon is not a slave. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You know, it was yeah. when they were walking up to the pit, yeah. Go ahead and finish your thought because I wanted to talk about that too. No, I I just had the note there and I couldn't remember why I wrote it. <laughs> so here's if I can step back a second again because I'm doing that mm -hmm. a lot and I'm sorry. But um, so when they were doing that and they were in those pits, what that meant to me, it was almost like so the last I don't know how many episodes, but they're you know the episodes where she killed the um, the Tarleys and all these other ones. You can't do that. You can't rule with fire and blood and this that and the other. I kind of felt like that speech with John was like, okay, so there were dragons and they were huge and they were majestic and then we made them, we tamed them and we made them you know follow rules and behave in society and they grew smaller and weaker and that was a mistake and that just can't happen again. I felt like that was her saying, you guys keep trying to change my reaction to thing and trying to tame thing. And I think this tamed me on things. And I think this was her way of saying the taming yes. has not worked. And so this is how it's going to be now. And I thought that that was like a power moment for her. That Although it was more implied than expressed. That's why I wrote it. Thank you. Yes, because it ties <laughs> into uh, what Olena had been telling her, mm. you know, stop listening to these men and be a dragon. Yes. And mm -hmm. uh, Danny already made the misstep of putting her dragons in captivity and it was yeah. not good for them. It was yeah. not good for her. And the best thing that she did was releasing them. So she needs to realize that you're a dragon too. Mm -hmm. and, and you need to be a dragon. Yes, thank you. That's why I wrote it down. Yeah. Couldn't you're welcome. <laughs> I, I will say though, like on the I, I'm I'm all for having our you know empowered uh, female characters here, and and I don't necessarily dispute this as a direction for them to take the story, but like I don't like the implication mm -hmm. that for her to be empowered that means not caring about how many thousands of people she's going to burn alive with her dragons. Right. Agree. I, I mean, I, I agree with that, but I think that that's a pretty, I think that might be a little more literal than what I meant as far as like what, you know, it's like an empowerment thing, not I'm literally going to burn and kill everyone in front of me because that's what my crazy grandpa would have done or whatever. Right. You know? I just think it was time, more I'm going to roast me some Tarleys. Well, right. yeah, well, she's, and nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody ever said that she was going to be a good ruler or a benevolent no. ruler. She's the only one that's ever said that. And that's all we've seen with the slaves and, and all of the people that she's freed in Essos. And now we're seeing different. That doesn't yeah. make it wrong. It just makes it, you know, the way that she's written in this media. Oh, well, I okay, don't I'm, expect her. I know she's going to make more mistakes. And I think that's fascinating. Well, okay. I mean, I'm not criticizing the storytelling as much as I'm feeling like the show, if the show is trying to make me root for her to be a dragon 
it's mm. not working for me because like, for example, it's one thing to say, we recognize that, oh, we don't want to chain up the dragons. That doesn't work. It causes weakness or whatever. Right. But like, remember why she did that in yeah. the first place. She wasn't yeah. happy about it, but she did it because they ate a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, exactly. I mean, that was not, like, so. And don't, and don't take it as I don't agree with you. I'm just like uh, having a conversation yeah. on it oh, back sure, and sure. forth. But I, I, I don't, yeah, sorry. I don't mean to be challenging you. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's just, it's like, it's a complicated situation. And I, and, and the other thing is that they didn't say that we were going to like her at the end of the day either. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot, there've been so many theories floated around. Is she turning into mm -hmm. the, you know, mad heiress and all that? And I think that's bullshit. Yeah. She's going to be her own individual that we haven't seen before because she was raised very differently than any of the other Targaryens. So we have yet to see what that's going to mean. And I just like the fact that she said, yeah, I get it. I'm not, my, you know, I'm not going to be crazy. I'm not going to kill everybody, but this is still going to be me. You know, this isn't going to be done the way the Starks would do it is all I'm saying is that that was the empowerment I saw from it. So I, I mean, I don't disagree with anything that anybody's saying. I hope it doesn't come off that way. It's just like so complex. Well, yeah, I agree. I guess I'm just saying I'm worried that the show is heading in a direction where that complexity will be glossed over mm -hmm. and we're supposed to be cheering for her to right. finally <laughs> be a dragon just like yeah. olena said and 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 so while i can understand the appeal of that in one sense i also recognize that when we hear the arguments against that, those are the ones that make me say, yeah, I can't, I think I'm actually on that side. Yes. <laughs> right. I totally agree. I totally, totally yeah. agree. I don't want her to do that either. <laughs> I want her to embrace herself, but leave all the murder and the fire and the roasting of children out of it. But mm -hmm. I mean, that's the complex thing about these kinds of things about this story is they just keep us guessing on which way are they going to have her land? I don't know. As as a viewer, uh, what I get excited about is not necessarily what is the right thing for characters to do. Uh, mm -hmm. You have to remember, I'm the one who absolutely loves batshit crazy Cersei. So <laughs> 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 me cheering for her to be a dragon. Yeah, it's going to be like when I was cheering for the, the ice dragon later on in this episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, OK, so I, I will definitely. I, I will cheer for interesting storytelling. What I'm going to be annoyed with and roll my eyes at is if the show tries to change gears and pretend that being a dragon is not complex in the ways that we've already discussed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I they try to erase that piece of it. If they try to make it a purely positive thing and not have any remaining acknowledgement of like, yeah, but... You know, like, that, see, that's actually in some ways like this whole idea of setting up, oh, well, she's going to kill thousands of zombies instead. And so that way she get, we get to see how powerful yeah. the unchanged dragons are. And in fact, maybe we even tap that whole thing into they had to be wild and the damage that was, uh, you know, caused as a result of letting them be that wild was a necessary collateral damage in order mm -hmm. to have them powerful enough to blah, blah, blah. And yeah. so I don't want to even say blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't think that's a good story. <laughs> I'm just saying whatever the show does with it, they have established a meaty, complex, difficult situation, which is 
the dragons are almost like nuclear bombs in the sense that they're super powerful, but if you use them, everybody hates you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's interesting. But I feel like I see the show trying to steer in a direction that is less complex and interesting. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what I'm worried about. Because yeah, that seems press- to be the trend. Mm. Yeah. Dragon. But yeah, <laughs> um, uh, we kind of uh, moved away from it. But I, uh, the the whole question of the the prophecy and like why do we believe mm. it? Um, I think I mentioned this a little bit, um, maybe in a previous week. But I've been rereading some of the Dune series, and in particular, mm-hmm. the not just the first book, but the the sequels and I'm in book three right now. And just this idea of prescience being like a trap because you see a future and it is not necessarily the future, except that if it's not the future, you don't know what's happening. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of naturally inclined to try to make the future you saw happen, even if you don't like it. Because the alternative is who knows what, maybe it's worse. We don't know. And so it's kind of like a trap to force you to choose the devil, you know, instead of chaos. Um, Because it's, it's, you know, the, the choice that Paul ultimately makes is it's literally like he's been physically blinded. And as long as he follows his future vision, it's like he can see and he doesn't like what's happening but the alternative is to give up on that vision and be blind. Right. And so I think in some ways prophecy can be interesting there. And I kind of liked John just sort of cutting through all that sort of narrative red tape and just saying, why, why do you, what reason do you have to believe that she knew what she was talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of liked that. Um, uh, and I think honestly them bringing it back up, kind of means that she's not going to actually be barren with them. And it's mm-hmm. like, cause I, I, why would, why else to bring it up at this point? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is the kind of thing you think about when you're talking about, you know, rulers and Kings and kind of stuff. And yeah. Danny didn't want to talk about it, but now we see that the Lannister and the, uh, well, the double down Lannister and possibly the double down Targaryen line is going to be, possibly carried on so yeah. it's interesting stuff mm-hmm. ready to move to winterfell yeah get um sansa with baelish getting the raven from john that he's bent the knee and mm-hmm. uh this was another one where i'm sitting here why does she keep talking to him why are you, you know mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um which does pay off um clearly mm-hmm. and he closes the loop on the thinking you know yeah, um, and in fact, actually, so uh, I okay. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. The, part of what I wanted to mention before getting into the rest of it is just again the reminder of it makes sense that she's not going to have an immediately positive reaction to John's news, but it mm. also just reminded me of how dumb it is that he had not been giving her more regular updates. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> My my note at this is has little been finger been keeping John's raven? Hmm. Is the reason she hasn't gotten word mm. because he's getting because it he's intercepting. And mm. 
I wonder about that because he's already got some dealings going on with the maester and you know he's sneaky and there's all of that going on and we come in and there of course there's ravens everywhere you know brand's got to watch everything but like there's obviously ravens going around so it'd be very easy for him to stop the flow of information yeah yeah. And I would not be surprised, and I don't think that this is going to really come up, but I would not be surprised if as soon as he's executed, oh, look, all these ravens are coming in like we've already had word. What? I think if anybody could pull that off, it would be Littlefinger, but I don't think that Maester Walton would would not check in with Sansa after, you know, finding that one for Littlefinger. I don't think that I want to, I don't want to make the leap that he's on little fingers and he's doing all this bidding on his behalf and keeping Raven's messages from Sansa. Yeah. So I'd rather not think about that. And I'm annoyed with the little Scooby-Doo answer they gave us. Oh, that's John. He's always been like that. Boosh. It's all over now. Yeah. We don't have to think about it again, fans, because <laughs> he's always been like that. He's never sent Ravens when he was King of the North and kept his sister informed while she was ruling <laughs> Winterfell like yeah. he should have not once in their entire life before did he. I agree with you on both counts, uh, Viv, uh, because uh, on the one hand, just uh, I agree that it's a little bit annoying to try to hand wave that you, they weren't getting more regular information, but right. also that I, you know, we can't rule it out again. Like it seems like maybe something Littlefinger would be interested in, but the maester does serve Lady Stark, not Littlefinger. And it's one thing to give Littlefinger an old copy of an old message, mm -hmm. even a politically sensitive one. But if a new Raven has just come in with a message for Lady Stark, I can't imagine him giving it to Littlefinger first. Yeah, a message from John to... <laughs> Yeah. Even yeah. if and 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 the, this maester, I think it like all the guards is not actually from the north, but is from the area. Mm. But we kind of get the impression that the maesters are not supposed to be aligned. But it, yeah, it's, totally. But it's definitely you know it's a thought that's going through yeah. uh, my mind. And it's, when they it's a fair it's a fair idea to have because there was just all kinds of weirdness with his yeah. whole interaction and setup yeah. of this thing. And when they started playing their game, I wrote down, Sansa is not this stupid. Right. <laughs> well, so here's here's my what tied some up some loose ends on this whole arc for me. Uh, the, I do not retract my criticism that the this storyline has been unnecessarily stretched out to a detrimental way mm -hmm. over the course of this season. Agreed. However, right. What made sense to me in retrospect is that everything we, so like this whole idea of like, when, when did the actual plan start? Like when was it a trap and that sort of thing? I honestly think none of it was a trap until after this scene. I think it was legitimate concern okay. and bickering and disagreement yeah. up until now. And it was honestly this conversation with Littlefinger, because yeah. I had the same reaction you did, Nutty, when this scene was happening, especially when it finishes with, and why would she want to do that to become the Lady of Winterfell? Yeah. And that was the moment where, you know, when I fought, watched it the first time, I was thinking, what? Why would she? She knows better than that. Yeah. But see, that's the key, I think, mm -hmm. when you look back on it, is the realization, 
Of course she knows that. Mm -hmm. And that's where she unlocks that. Yeah. Why is Littlefinger trying to convince me that Arya wants to be Lady of Winterfell? Agreed. Yep. Okay. You're convincing yeah. me. You are convincing mm -hmm. me because uh, up until this point, I was going to say that I love the trial scene, but I want to take points off of the uh, the other episodes for the nonsense we had to sit through. Well, yeah, I still <laughs> you still well, do. Now, you, you know, there's been, um, Chooch, what did you think about? I mean, we talked about it, but what did you think about that that scene? Um, I was still pretty conflicted. Um, as far as just kind of like being pissed off, like, why is she buying this? Mm. And then, but also being swayed, like, you know, he is really, really persuasive. But as he was saying his little game that he plays, mm -hmm. all I was thinking was, well, but then don't you also have to say, like, what's the best reason they would have for saying this? Yes. And uh -huh. what's their best intention, especially yeah. with your fucking sister? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, right. Yeah. And I, I think ultimately, all of the things that make that scene frustrating when you don't know, uh, when we're not sure. See, that's, I think, ultimately the failure of the storyline season long is leaving us in suspense of we're so sure it's going to turn out that they're actually working together that we keep watching for clues when mm -hmm. I think the intent was they're not working together mm -hmm. until the end when they do. Mm -hmm. And I think it, and so I think all of those scenes feel awkward in retrospect, mm -hmm. and they felt awkward at the time because we keep waiting for when they're going to show their hand, and they keep yeah. not showing their hand. And I think the end answer is because there wasn't actually anything to show until. Right. The end. And and I'll be and that is kind of that's why I was asking what Chooch saw the scene before I said that I I've been reading an article that's been showing up again and again about. Um, saying that um, there was a scene that was filmed that was cut from mm -hmm. the episode. Um, I don't know why, I'm guessing time, but you know, maybe they just decided they wanted to leave that with unspecified, but there was a scene allegedly um, filmed where Bran and Sansa sit down and it was, yeah, it was Bran and Sansa sit yeah. down and he basically says, okay, this is what I've seen and I've been watching him and that's why, as we find out now, apparently all season there have been crows in the background of all of Baelish's scene. I haven't seen this. I haven't checked it. But apparently Bran's been spying on him all season. Um, so that's yeah, a different the, version of what I actor, heard. The actor who plays Bran uh, said it in an interview that we did film a scene where Sansa comes to Bran and says, I think Baelish is up to no good. Can you tell me what he's doing? Right. Ah. What he, can you use your powers and tell me what he's up to? I think different articles are giving fairly different interpretations of what yeah. that scene was. Right. Because the actual art. So one of the articles that I read that made it sound like it was quoting him sounded like the actual scene was literally very short, which was like just Sansa coming to yep. his room saying, I need your help and then going in and that's literally all it was. Right, mm, okay. that's, what, that's why I have to say, you know, this is what they said and you know, I didn't check it because they all are coming from a place of yeah. speculation now, on I think some the, certain the, level. Well, I mean, it, 
at least some piece of it is the actor who played Brand saying that they shot something. But right. what was intended to have been taking place during that meeting, we, we I think in retrospect, can say that it is exactly what we just talked about, right. is that they sought out Brand's help saying, can you help us? You see all these things now, can you tell us? And I think that that must be what happened. Mm -hmm. It's the and, thing that and and I think that the reason that they cut that scene is because it tips the hand. Yeah. Um, because I, I think what I kind of like about the story ultimately is that Sansa and Arya really were having these trust issues. They really had all of these lingering emotional issues that they were having difficulty, difficulty going through. And for Sansa, even though she didn't trust Littlefinger, he was still very good at being in her ear all the time and trying to reinforce that sort of thing. And it was only once he set up this whole idea of play this game and, and, and it leads to this idea that Arya wants to be the Lady of Winterfell and he has, does not have the background with Sansa and Arya to understand how immediately Sansa knows that is not what Arya would want. Mm. And so that makes all of a sudden this whole chain of logic feel suspect. And so maybe we need to actually be asking these questions. What is the worst possible reason mm -hmm. that Littlefinger would want to turn Sansa and Arya against each other? And all of a sudden everything clicks into place. Mm. It's it's a good it's a good speculation. Um, I I definitely like that better than the idea that you know they they started this plan when the you know when when they all met up and with the knife and you know mm -hmm. Brand's like yeah I asked him where the knife is from and he lied. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and all of that. And, and the only thing that's a little bit, well, not a little bit out of place. It's just later on when they're talking and Arya says, I couldn't have gone through what you went through. That's the only thing that makes me feel like they're saying, yeah, remember that scene we had where I blamed her? Yeah, I didn't really mean that. And I'm like, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's frustrating looking back at the older scenes, but I like what we've seen in this episode because it was uh, emotionally enjoyable. Enjoy. Yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Well, certainly the trial scene was pretty fantastic. Yeah, and I think yes. yeah, we should jump straight into that and then go backwards to Dragonstone. Sure. Uh, before we go in, I just want to talk about what we got in the chat. Mike McCauley says the trial was my favorite part of the episode. The way Arya nonchalantly walks over and swiftly flicks her wrist with needle across Littlefinger's throat. Badass. Scott says they talked to Bran because they knew the knife and Littlefinger's betrayal of Ned and Littlefinger betraying John Aaron. Uh, and then uh, Mike says, I think there's a frustration of not knowing how much the sisters have learned from Bran. And I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, quick question. I, was it Needle? I assumed it was the dagger. It I makes more it sense for it to be the too, dagger. But I didn't, I, yeah, I it wasn't was trusting my memory. Yeah, okay. I mean, you got to kill Littlefinger with that dagger, right? I mean. Because mm -hmm. it's his dagger, right? Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I agree though that the, the whole frustration for this whole storyline was, you know, was this expectation that we keep feeling like, well, surely they're all going to turn it around on him, right? Surely the story is not really going to be how they actually turn on each other as sisters and betray each other and ruin everything. We can't imagine that possibly being the real story. So we keep waiting Mm -hmm. for the reveal 
and it keeps not coming. And in retrospect, it seems likely that it wasn't, we weren't getting the clues we wanted yeah. because the intent is to say they really weren't working together but mm -hmm. at that point. And I think that makes sense too, because like the scene where the whole, you know, oh, I could take your face and Santa finds the, the faces and all that, like that scene makes no sense if they had any kind of a plan together already because there was no one else in the room. Yeah, I don't think anybody disagrees on that. I think yeah. that is like, I think that was played out beautifully. One mm -hmm. thing I think that is something that, because they kept calling Ned and family honor and blah, 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 brothers, oh, that's just how he is. You know, it really reminded me of the fact that Littlefinger didn't have any siblings. He does not understand the complicated mm -hmm. nature of sibling relationships. And you mm -hmm. can hate that sibling with every ounce of your being, but you would still throw your body on a grenade for them without thinking because yep. that's your sibling. And he and doesn't have sister. that knowledge and he never, well, yeah, let's, that's a whole nother <laughs> thing. Cause that's boyfriends, girlfriends, everything. But I mean, he never understood that. And so the fact that he was blindsided by that and we weren't, I don't feel that bad about. <laughs> I yeah. think it was really beautifully played because one of my notes from the scene um, from the trial, really my only note from the trial other than, ah, yay and woo, you know, kind of stuff. Get it, Aria, is basically that um, like Littlefinger, I think still looked at her like when he met her as this beautiful child and sure she's old enough to bang and all that stuff now, but I think that he forgets that her puberty wasn't just spent under his tutelage and his mind control. First it was Ned and Kat, Honor, and then it was Cersei, and then it was Joffrey, and then it was Lysa, and then it was him for a minute with him whispering in her ear all these years, and then the Boltons had her and it's just like, she became so adept at playing young and naive and stupid. I mean, even in those first two seasons with Joffrey, just to survive. So for him to think that she would lay out all of her emotions and thoughts to him and only trust him was so naive and didn't even consider all the growth that her, she's had as a character in the last four seasons. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful, I thought. And it was totally the kind of thing I would expect Littlefinger to do because he thinks he's the smartest person in every room. So, um, uh, Paulette says, did you notice that Arya's execution blow preserved Littlefinger's face? April <laughs> O'Neil says he has a very useful face. Oh, um, I saw a really funny thing on Tumblr, and it was basically like a script. And it was, you know, Sansa working away at her desk, and in, in comes Arya. Hello, Arya, it's me, Littlefinger, Sansa, without looking up too soon. Oh, hurdy, hurdy, her. I have little birds. <laughs> Too soon, go away. <laughs> yeah, I saw one where Sansa was, you just see her saying, stop it. And then Baelish is, you know, I love you. Give me smooches or something. <laughs> so going into this scene, um, I was still on the whole, like, Sansa is not this stupid. Like, come mm -hmm. on. what is? I was getting very angry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, oh, yeah, call for him. Like, all right, but what's going on? Because she's just not that stupid. And then Arya walks in, and there is Sansa. And then we see Bran. And I go, mm -hmm. oh, okay, this is not going the way they're projecting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As soon yeah. as I saw Bran, I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw I the buff. Yeah. Say again? I agree. That was a tip off. I was trying not to yeah. interrupt. <laughs> Sorry. Not for me. 
I didn't I'm, think they were going to harm Arya. I didn't know what was happening, but mm-hmm. I until when she did the pause before saying Lord Baelish, <laughs> I got the full shock. I was like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it was oh, it was so expertly like this scene was fantastic. And oh. it's a little bit like the whole big you know, dragon fight at the lake in the, in the previous episode, just in the sense that like the show has gotten a lot of awkward moments because they're trying to always constantly be building towards these big cinematic spectacle moments. And this wasn't a big special effects heavy moment, but, but it was, there was a lot of awkward writing to support getting us to this scene, which in and of itself was fantastic. Yeah. But I think in retrospect, now that we can see the whole story, we can still point out all of those previous scenes between Arya and Sansa this season as being awkward and stretched out storyline and frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah. That said, it led to this, which was very satisfying. It was a great scene. And um, uh, Mike McCauley says, honestly, did anyone think that Littlefinger was going to make it out of this season? And, you know, the funny thing is... Uh, as the season was beginning, I think it was Mark who had posted something about Arya getting back to Winterfell and killing Littlefinger. And we had a whole discussion yeah. of why would she even do that? Yeah. And yeah, so Mark, you you are prophetic. Uh, yeah. And yes, Scott, I agree. The the scene where Littlefinger was silent for a good long while until Arya told him that mm-hmm. Sansa asked him was a, que- a question was yeah. pretty great. Yeah. Him running yeah. through every option, you know, every avenue, and then okay, mm-hmm. we'll all admit to that, but this is why. And then if we could just talk in private, I know we yeah. could. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then, Knights of the Vale, I command you. I mean, they Sansa did a beautiful execution of this because she had his men, his leaders from the Vale in the room as she ran off the list of uh, charges of murder and treason. Lysa Aaron, John Aaron, and then all of the deception that he did in trying mm-hmm. to frame. Um, the Lannisters of killing Aaron and arresting Ned and resulting, I mean, that was really smart. That was, that kind of reminded me of a better, a better, um, it's like she learned from Joffrey when he had Ned beheaded, like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. gonna do this and that, oh, flip flop, I'm gonna behead him. You know, so I think she learned that dramatic thing from the Lannisters, cause she did, we do know that she's learned so much, we've heard her say it. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was like, the way that someone that has been that has spent such horrible political times in court that's how they would react so she really actually if she's not crazy from all of the trauma she would actually be a good ruler because she she handled that very deftly yeah. yeah uh one niggling point that had just occurred to me is that it definitely seems like everyone but Littlefinger knows what the real score is once mm-hmm. they get in there, it just seems unlikely to me that they could really have everybody on the same page and mm-hmm. still keep it from him. I think it was only the three Starks that knew and mm-hmm. that they needed it to play out the way that yeah. it did to and convince much. the Lords of the Vale yeah. Wh- yeah. what yeah, Littlefinger exactly. actually was. And I don't yeah. think that they also, needed convincing. I felt like they knew it, but this gave them the ammunition to leave the room with the story of how things played out. And it was true. You know what I mean? Like viable witnesses and stuff. What were you going to say, Chooch? I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I thought <clears throat> that's basically what you had said. Um, I was going to jump back to Littlefinger's face. 
yeah. I don't think it's going to be useful because a it's a super public execution, <laughs> and b like well I'm sure you know ravens are going to go out, but mm -hmm. b is that it seems to me the faceless men you don't want people to know you're wearing a face like mm -hmm. you 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 don't want people to know where you got it or how you got yeah, it or anything. Yeah. That blows your cover. You know, yeah. it's like me, it seems like a really pretty core rule. Yeah. Yeah. It's still fun to think about. Oh yeah. It's fun imagine, to think about, but I, I don't think Ariel. realistically, I don't mm. think she would do it because there would be no yeah. benefit. The, yeah. There's no benefit. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I could, I could see them going either way. Yeah. Because, um, for one, it allows them to keep that actor around. Yeah. Which, which is, is something TV shows like to do. And um, while it happened in public, I don't know that it was, I don't know that they would publicly make it known about, I don't, I just don't know like how much of that that they would put out in the world with what's going on. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We shall oh. see. I know, but we only have to wait, what, a year, two years, three years, six years? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm I'm just uh, I'm suddenly imagining or something like some dramatic setup where we have Cersei thinking she's about to announce some new scheme that she has just cooked up. It's like, oh, I actually had a secret ally all along, and we're gonna like, oh my gosh, what is it? Who is it? And then it turns out to be Littlefinger, and we're like, right. oh yeah, all right. And that's the, that's the way that maybe Arya gets close enough to do uh, Cersei, and although at the same time, I, I've got the I mean they established the prophecy so i think it's jamie or Tyrion still takes out mm -hmm. cersei yeah. we'll see uh, i i'm i'm just excited like this scene was so much fun and mm. i again i love talking <laughs> about the memes but you know everyone's talking about it. it's like what no one was there you can't prove anything oh yeah three-eyed raven bitch right. <laughs> oh it, it, i remember all too yeah, I see all, I remember all, I got no idea that Sam's here, coming here, and I don't know why he's here, and I didn't see any of that. <laughs> he only knows what he knows to look for at this point, yeah, I guess, yeah. right? But yeah. wouldn't he have taken the time before this point to listen a little closer to her whispering John's real name? I don't know. I, I, don't I, know. I think I would. He would have bookmarked that, and when he got a little more of his powers, as he clearly yeah. has all of it now, he would have gone back and checked on that on his own. I mean, he probably bookmarked in his browser, and he'll get back to it. But you know, he's a teenager; he's got <laughs> stuff to see. There's these big questions going on, and I mean, as soon as Sam said it, boop, he was there. And I think yeah. that that was interesting <clears throat> way to show that just because he can time travel doesn't mean yeah. that he's on a mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, I, I like. It, it's definitely there for plot and storytelling uh, device and all of that. Um, but I could also wave it away and explain it away by saying, Bran doesn't care about legitimacy and bastards. So he didn't think yeah. to go, oh, yeah. hey, yeah. that yeah. happened? Yeah. Not with the Night King creeping. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm, uh, before, before leaving the, the courtroom and Baelish's demise, I'm really interested to see how this will affect the Vale because... The dude man who said, no, we're not going to let you back. Robin's under his care mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering yeah. if that's going to make him like the new little temporary Lord Regent or something or mm. what's going to, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I think. I going to see Robin, I guess is what I'm. 
long-winded wind, way of saying. <laughs> oh, give the kid a chance. Kid, I mean, the kid was like messed up from jump with that mama. They might, I mean, redemption is a thing. <laughs> yeah, but we got six episodes. I don't want to waste it on Robin. Well, the other, the other <laughs> element that what they could do, though, is that remember the last time we saw him was when they were saying it will do the boy good to actually mm -hmm. start learning how to do things and be out in the world a little bit more and get some experience under his belt. So who knows? Maybe we could uh, revisit him and turn have him turn out like, oh, look, he's actually useful for something now. That's well, one I'm yeah. thinking of that they're saying he was sickly his entire life, right? He breastfed his entire life. My mom and I could totally see with how nutso she was. Uh, I know it's an offensive term to some people, sorry. That um, she would have had like Munchausers and had kept him sick to yeah. keep him yeah. that close. Yeah. And once yeah. he got away from yeah. her, now he's going to be this strapping you know, young man. Well, they showed him in season six. We saw a peak of him in season six. Um, Baelish was with him for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. He popped over there. And so I think that he's showing, I mean, I, I'd like to see where he ends up because we did see all that stuff. And also it makes mm -hmm. sense as one of the great houses to see how that plays out next season. But yeah, I, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of person he turns into without Lysa or Littlefinger over mm -hmm. his back. And, and to take us all the way back to the very beginning of the story, the whole reason that Lysa did kill John Aaron is because John Aaron was fearing that exact thing is mm -hmm. that it's not good for Robin to be with his mother all the time. We need to send him away to be a ward somewhere else yeah. to get him away from his mother. And that's yeah. why she killed him. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Although I don't know how much I don't, yeah, I, th I think this show did establish that. They, the show mm -hmm. dealt yeah. with that. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Crazy. Um, so are we uh, clear of Baelish and mm -hmm. these dark ladies? Very satisfying Jump. way for that character to go out. Yeah. I don't yes. know. If, did we mention the fact earlier when we were still in King's Landing that it was snowing when Jamie left? Um, we haven't, we haven't actually had that scene yet. Okay, I thought we. Well, I thought we ended King's Landing completely. Okay, I'm sorry. We okay. touched on the scene, but didn't go into detail. Yeah, I thought when yeah. we went to Winterfell, we were done with King's Landing. I'm sorry. No, no, I, I wasn't doing this one by location. I'm following the sequential how it aired. Next up was Dragonstone with uh, Team Dragon planning how to get to Winterfell and the whole we need to show unity. And all I'm thinking, so she was sail together. I'm like, ride a fucking dragon together. I know, right? You could you be there to. tonight. Mm. You got to. We know <laughs> you it could helps be there six. tonight and prep everybody in Winterfell for what's happening. Yeah, but then Bran would cock block them. So yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, you needed to have boat sex. Well, and just the 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 whole. It's super weird for the show to have them finally sleep with each other at the exact moment that we're learning that they're nephew and aunt. And it's just, yeah, because like both of those are interesting stories and it's even potentially interesting to deal with both of those stories, but I, they're deliberately trying to produce a sense of cognitive dissonance for us. I think, mm -hmm. um, because it as shocking I, as possible. Well, because I feel like the show is potentially more interested in the idea that this makes John potentially 
the heir to the throne instead of Daenerys and that conflict, it seems like the show's actually more interested in that than the idea that, oh no, they're actually blood relations. Yeah. Um, well, and so I feel like that's the, 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 the back and forth feels more like maybe it's supposed to be like, oh, they're falling in love, but this potential wedge is coming in. I don't know. Yeah, for me, and it's hard because even though uh, Aegon is... Aegon. <laughs> he still is a Stark. He is Ned Stark's son, absolutely. You know, the way yeah. the conversation with Theon that comes up right after, you know. Yeah. Um, so he is still Ned Stark's son. So Targaryens are perfectly fine with incest, right? Mm, that was yeah. their thing. Yeah. Keep the bloodline pure and... So Danny grew up... And we didn't see this so much in the shows as in the books. In her internal dialogue in her POV chapters, she grew up thinking she was going to marry her brother. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what she thought was going to happen. She was going to marry her brother, Viserys, and they were going to go and they were going to take the throne. And so Targaryens have no problem with that. It all goes back to the Azor Sai prophecy, the prince that was promised, because uh, one of the Targaryens was told that it would be from his line, and that's why he started the intermarrying thing. It was, mm. all right, let's make this happen. And, uh, yeah, it's um, it's a very Targaryen thing, and it's always been a, well, you don't sleep with your brother unless you're a Targaryen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's going to have, uh, clearly we don't know which way they're going to go. Um fascinated yeah. to find out but i could see a, a version where john accepts it and they you know get married and rule together um i know it was touched on briefly earlier but i also just kind of want to have another shout out of brand i i know sam's cool and all and he happens <laughs> to have the one extra little piece of knowledge that you didn't learn for whatever reason because you couldn't be bothered i guess uh <laughs> but really, you decide to tell Sam this before Sansa or Arya? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I know you and Sam are buds, like you're, you know, beyond the wall buddies. But. Yeah. Really? Like this, you know, this doesn't seem like a. And it, in a way, he just kind of says, oh, yeah. And at some point, we're going to have to tell John this. Yeah. Just toss well, maybe off he's thinking it's here. irrelevant that he's a sand. Mm. Well, I guess that's probably why, still, like, yes, the justification is that it's like, well, what does that matter mm -hmm. without this extra piece that Sam provides? And I feel like that is the show's explanation. But the problem with that is it just relies on the nonsensical explanation of right. <laughs> Bran saw Lyanna whisper something to Ned, but didn't hear what it was until he goes back to check the tape and says, enhance. Right. <laughs> it's like, I mean, oh, I didn't, I didn't say enhance enough the last time. So I guess my <laughs> assumption was just that he didn't need to check because it was his father who told them and that was his whole story and Ned Stark never lied. So I think that he just honestly never questioned what's his name or anything like that because he didn't think it was possible for his father to deceive you know their family. I just I don't even think it would have entered his mind as a possibility. 
what if dad didn't name him what she said? You know what I mean? Like how, why would he not? Well, I guess what I'm just saying though, is that he sees a scene and doesn't hear the name, but he is able to just revisit that scene and hear the name the next time. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not sure that he went. I don't see how that's that. different from, I don't understand how that's different from what we've seen him do so far though. Cause he touches a tree and he goes back 200 years or a thousand years and hears and sees the scene from the perspective that he wants. But does he re-experience the same scene differently? Why I would, well, it mattered where he stood at times. So I would think so. Like if you're in a crowded room, just because you can time travel doesn't mean that you can hear what someone's saying, whispering from 30 feet away when you're looking at someone dying in childbirth for the first time in your I'm life. I'm just saying just, it is an extremely, uh, it strains credibility to me that he would be experiencing this groundbreaking thing of, oh my gosh, there's my father and look how young he is. And there's the sword of the morning. And, oh, I want to go up into the tower and see what's happening. And, oh, look at all of this exciting stuff. There's my aunt dying, all this stuff I didn't know. And he was very excited about it at the time. Right. It but he only lot. hears a whisper and then therefore has to go and doesn't remember. I, the, I'm not saying that there's no explanation. Saying. I'm saying it's extremely hand wavy. Well, I think it's well, putting yeah. a lot of expectation on him to look at every detail and, and search every thing. Okay. But I okay. totally, under, I totally I, understand it. I but this was not a trivial detail. Well, I, I think agree. an explanation could be. And we don't have to agree on it. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I think the explanation could be that he has become the Three-Eyed Raven. And as we said before, that means he's not just Brand. He's now all of these, right, people. Mm -hmm. And so that became a trivial thing that he didn't care to go look into again. I took it a little bit differently. I didn't take it as he just went back now to check out the name. I kind of have taken it that oh yeah he's revisited that scene a couple of times since then and so while he did go back and actually see the wedding for the first time now he kind of already heard the name before and is just adding that in now uh, I'm trying not I'm trying to not think too hard about it because it was all me. set up to do this scene yeah, so that yeah. we could hear them talking and see John and Danny. And I'm, I'm trying really hard not to overanalyze certain things because I feel like at this point, yeah, they are making it up as they go along. And we know that, and they've told us that, you know, they've yeah. said to us before, yeah, it doesn't make sense, but we wanted to have this scene. Yeah. Well, and see that, that explanation I get it. Like, and you know, it's one thing to, we can observe that there's some goofiness about it and say that like, yeah, they know that there is and they're happy with that. But like, I, I feel like I still don't, I, that is the only explanation that works for me. That there's no, <laughs> no, there's no way in my mind to make it make sense yeah. the way that yeah. it happened. Yeah. It's bullshit. <laughs> Any other thoughts on there? Because we actually somehow um, derailed. Are are we still are we talking Sam and Bran at this point? Well, no, because we weren't in the first place. Okay, we that's were what at I Dragonstone. <laughs> somehow we got there. I'm not quite sure how, but it's cool. I thought we did, but okay. Yeah. Never mind. So we had uh, a. <laughs> 
talking about them sailing together, which kicked off the boat sex conversation, which kicked off the brand conversation. Um, before then was Theon and John having some reconciliation and uh, another really great scene, you know, and I love John, you know, I can't forgive you for everything. Yep. But I'll give you, forgive you for the parts I can. Yeah. And, and I just wanted to see him hug. <laughs> John's talk to Theon was one of the few times that adoption is explained properly on the screen. Too often on the screen, it's all about, and we see that here, by the way. Like, everyone's like, ew, they're related. Well, they don't know they're related. So it's not that gross, actually. You know, it'd be gross if it was Sansa. Remember how gross <laughs> right. I kept saying that was? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's your parents are the people that raised you, your family are the people that you were raised with. And too often on the screen, that is portrayed wrong and i loved this scene where he's talking to theon and i love how he says you know you never lost ned he's a part of you and even when you were doing the wrong thing he was still a part of you and i think that that is very powerful and i really appreciated that mm -hmm. yeah i i really liked it i liked that his forgiveness it's not that it was conditional so much as it was saying, you know, like, I can't forgive you on behalf of other people, mm -hmm. but what I can forgive, I do. And I, I liked yeah. that framing of it. And I liked, too, that it's, it, it's, it's, it's not even about whether what Theon did was forgivable or not. That's not mm -hmm. even the math that John is doing, so to speak. John is saying... At this point, we have to move forward, and it's harmful to all of us to fight amongst ourselves when we have a much bigger enemy to deal with. And I understand that there's been difficult choices, and I don't think you made the right ones, but at some point, we just have to say, let's stop rehashing the old problems and move forward. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I did, I did really like that. Um, even if I thought the, 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 the payoff with the scene was still kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I like, I mean, I, I like where he ended up, you know, <laughs> he did what he set out to do, get, get the crew on board and get them turned mm -hmm. around and go get Yara. I yeah. like that scene. I, I, I'm, I've been a grump all season and I like that scene because no matter how many times he was beaten down, he kept getting up and he kept getting up. Mm -hmm. And yes, I laughed out loud when he tried to knee him in the balls and what is dead may never die happened. Uh, but I don't know. I, I liked it because at this point, okay, so Theon, from the moment that he reconnected with Iron Islanders, he was told that he's never paid the iron price for anything. 
and he never has. And it's not until that scene where he's getting beaten down and he keeps fighting and he keeps fighting and he keeps fighting that he even begins to start to pay the iron price. And I think that's what the payoff for that scene is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And he can only do it because he understands that he, he's not, he doesn't have to fight with who he is, that he is both wolf and kraken. So I actually liked it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I think all of that is there. I, I don't, I don't mean to be too harsh on the scene so much as I guess I was just left with mixed feelings because on the one hand there are, there is, there are the things to like about it that you mentioned. Um, and certainly I am glad to have Yara's rescue be still a part of the show, or at least, you know, hopefully there's a storyline still happening there. Um, I have definitely, I feel like I'm not necessarily comparing myself to you guys, but maybe just to the internet at large. I think I've been more of a Theon apologist than a lot of people. Um, But I guess I just felt weird that his moment of triumph is he's going to go beat up a guy and then kill him and then go onto his ship bloody. And that that's the moment of, of triumph. And like he he's learned everything he needed to know to Mm -hmm. get beat up and then kill a guy with a rock. But that's their way. He paid the iron price, right? Yeah. Yeah, but isn't the whole lesson supposed to be that that way is not the good way? Well, but I mean, it's like the whole... It's... He's doing it for a good reason. I feel yeah. like, Danny, he's embracing his different aspects, and um, I thought it was very cheesy, and I thought the repeated kneeing in where his boy parts should have been was a little too corny, but I totally get it. I do think uh, that is, uh, is, is is there like a ship passing or something? Yeah, our son feedback. is our son is home from work and he's opening the garage door, which is directly oh, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. So I am not having tremendous gas if that's what it sounds like. I was hoping I could talk louder than it. <laughs> I apologize. It'll happen again in thirty seconds. <laughs> As he closes it, yes. I'm just sitting here going. That sounds like a ship's horn, but it's going way too long. And no one's reacting. Excuse me. <laughs> Poor me. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like this is more of a continuation of a redemption story for Theon. I think that his big, big, big moment was leaping off the wall with Sansa. I think everything since that's been building, and I think the pep talk he got from John of you don't have to be one or the other. You're both because you have both influencing you. Um, yeah, that's convenient for later for John, um, you know, but I think that it's something that Theon needed and whether it's pointless for him to try and go save Yara or not, I think just the fact that he is doing something that would make Ned Stark proud is enough for him. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'm repeating myself, maybe, but just <laughs> the, the, the I, I I liked parts of the scene. I I liked elements of it, and it was really just a a, a matter of it it return. It's a little bit more of the tropey type of storytelling, right? Where mm-hmm. the way for the way for a man to triumph is by showing he can take a punch and give a punch, and then everybody respects him, and we win. Mm. As opposed to feeling like 
and it's it's this idea that somehow being able to go win on their terms was the victory when I thought that the whole storyline for him was to try to discover that that's where he went wrong is by trying to play on their terms when that's not who he is. Yeah. So for him to take his catharsis to say, you're a Kraken and a, and a wolf, you know, you're a Greyjoy and a, and a Stark. And, and for him to take that and say, all right, so I'm going to go act like the Iron Islanders do now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can see that. It was not a big complaint. It was more just a matter of me feeling a little bit conflicted as all. Yeah, it's a continuation of the the dragon. (laughs) Why why are we happy Uh that she's going to be a dragon, right? Yeah. Um, Sorry. Dang it, I meant to mute. I'm sorry. (laughs) I spaced. (laughs) So the... Actually, so the next set of scenes we've already pretty much talked about. Um... <clears throat> court scene. Um, and then, so next up would have been uh, the Jamie and Cersei, which we mm-hmm. touched on pretty much, I think, yeah. other than, yeah, when Jamie goes to take off, it starts snowing as he leaves. I think so- the thing that is the big turning point here is when Cersei conspired with Euron without informing Jamie, Jamie realized he was unimportant and an accessory. He went from thinking they were going to be conquering the world together. They were going to, you know, she was pregnant and he was going to be, get to be the dad and he was going to be involved in this and all this stuff was happening and he was okay being number two, but to not be included in that, I think Mm. uh, that was the nail. Yeah, that was the absolute yeah. nail in in the coffin there, and he's just like, I can't, I just can't with you anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I am the only one that actually cares in this relationship, mm. and you just keep shutting me out. And what you you're gonna send your goon after me? You're not gonna send your goon mm-hmm. after me. Yeah, and if you do, it doesn't matter because you've already ended this. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, and and. I liked a lot of that and you know I, we kind of already talked a little bit about my 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 issue wherein I I didn't want Jamie to die but I think it weakens Cersei's character to make the threat twice and not follow through either time. Yep. Right. Um so I feel like that was a poor choice in terms of how that went down, how it played out. Like, I feel like you could have the same scene told a slightly different way where I wouldn't have had the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, your alternate was perfect. <laughs> but, saying, uh, yeah. You're not going to so, do it. Yeah. So I have a question that kind of, since we kind of already talked about this before, I kind of, I, 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 so I had a question and I wasn't going to bring it up, but I, I really want to know what you guys think. When they um, had the scene with Tyrion, and again, I believe again with Jamie, they focused on it, but it wasn't as visible. The sword on Sir Gregor's hip, is it Valerian? Yes. Okay. So- I believe, now I could be wrong, but I do believe that that is the other half of ice. Okay. Uh, so, because uh, it makes Brienne sense for him has, to get it. Yeah, Brienne has the one that was given to Jamie, right? Jamie, but from Tywin, and Jamie gave it to Brienne. Right. And, uh, uh, Joffrey was given 
the other right. one, which he was using to like cut open the pigeon pie and stuff. Right. And I believe I could be wrong. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that it was then given to uh, Robert, Sir Robert, the mountain, because whatever. They focused, they, it's somehow like grown three feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, well, yeah. it scales. It's magic. It's Valerian, right? It, it, it to the user. Because the Raven's idea is okay. that ice was so big that yeah. they were able to make two swords out of it. Mm -hmm. right. I just mean Joffrey compared yeah. to the mountain and the scale oh, yeah. of their hands and all that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when I did the rewatch of the episode, I listened. I tried to listen really closely. I'm not going to say that I got it exactly right, but I swear that when John did his info dump after they saw it, they kicked the white out of the box. I swear that he only said fire and dragon glass. He didn't mention Valerian Steel. Not say Valerian Steel. Yeah. So they don't know that they that Sir Gregor is already armed with something that would protect Cersei from them. Yep. Okay, good. I'm glad they don't know that. I I, <laughs> I noticed that as well. I was like, when, when are you going to tell them about Valerian Steel? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. Thanks. Because there was something in the books about trying to tell all the lords that they needed to send their Valerian steel up and discussion about, like, the lords are never going to part with their right. Valerian steel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah. I figured in the in the arena, you know, there's so few Valerian steel weapons that it wasn't yeah. worth mentioning. I think, so, like, each yeah. of the great houses had one, didn't they, at one point? And then they just kind of, like, fell away, like like Longclaw being with the Stark child, or, well, technically Stark Targaryen child rather than a Mormont and all that. <laughs> um, yeah, there was, there was many, many great houses had them, and it was one of the things that Tywin had always wanted one. Yeah. But the Lannisters are not an ancient house. Right. So they okay. haven't had one, so the only way that they got their hands on Valerian steel was when they killed Ned Stark and they got to take ice. That's so that, That's like, uh, yeah, it's a very big thing. Um, the uh, in the chat, uh, uh, Scott says, um, "I thought his, I thought Jamie's talk earlier with Brienne had some part in Jamie walking out too." Yeah, I think that that's just yes. that just added some fuel. Uh, mm -hmm. And Paulette says, "I was surprised that he left, and he didn't take some of the army with him." Yeah, I was surprised he seemed to be on his own. No brawn, no. Nothing. Yeah, I don't know about Braun. Like, I could have seen him going with Braun, but I definitely, the way it all played out, I, I think that, first of all, even if he didn't believe that Cersei was going to kill him there in that room, uh, there's no way she's letting him leave with any of the army. Yeah, don't waste yeah. him. Just get uh, out. Um, <laughs> there's um, sibling treason, and then there's army-related treason. Well, so, and, and as far as the conversation with Brienne, I mean, I feel like there was a whole lot of reasons to leave Cersei and the only reason to stay was this this feeling that like well but they're in it together and I mm -hmm. so that's why I agree that yeah. the that the that key moment of oh she she does not have my back here yep. um, I think is what finally allowed the accumulated weight of all of the other reasons to finally win the day um, yeah. One question that I had uh, for you guys and want to see what you thought, because I, I had one reaction immediately during the scene and another, and, and I've been questioning my initial reaction, which is just to say, how big a deal is it for Cersei's plan 
that Jamie knows it and is presumably riding north with that information. Like, does she care that he might tell everybody what's going on? Or does she feel like by the time he could tell anybody, it would yeah. be too late for them to do anything about it? Yeah, that's probably, I mean, that's kind of where my mind went with it, but I didn't think. Yeah, I, go ahead. I, I don't think it would enter her mind that he would betray her at that level. That, yeah, he's going to go up north and he's going to try to mm. do what he can to fight the dead for yeah. their child. And it's not in his child's best interest for him to give the enemy secrets. Yeah. Like, I, I don't expect him to be on Team Dragon against his sister yeah. when they get back from the north. Not until he spends more time with Brienne, at least. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, John. True that, it's true that what oh, he was saying to Cersei in terms of his oath that he f was taking seriously was that he would ride north to help with right. fighting the army of the dead. Right. So mm -hmm. it's, it is possible that he might decide not to tell them the rest of that plan. Although for my mind, it, it makes, I, I like, how do you not tell them? Like if yeah. you're actually helping them, you need to not let them think that they have an ally at their back when it's really a dagger. Yeah. To be a really yeah. interesting conflict that'll play out next season. Yeah, um, but part of where I was extra worried that Cersei really was going to kill him was my thinking, uh, my thought at the time just being, there's no way that she can let him leave with what he knows. Right. So even whether she wants to kill him or not, she's going to have to because mm -hmm. she can't let him tell everybody. But then obviously it doesn't play out that way. And I wonder if that's if part of my reaction to that scene. Gas too. bag of gold to go shank him. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my whole thing is that because they've been so gamey thronies, uh, they'll make it work out to whatever they want the scene yeah. to end up working out. Um, when we're talking about the characters, and again, because I read the books, because I read the point of views, um, so. Cersei always thinks about Jamie as another part of her. Um, right. Like she doesn't see their relationship as incest because he's just the other side of her. Mm -hmm. Like they're they shared a womb, so they're the same person. And to her, that's what makes it all okay. That he belongs to her. And so I can't imagine that she would ever think that he would betray her or even leave her in this way. Um, so I think it'll be really interesting. I would not be surprised if she thinks, fine, he's going to go up there and fight, but he's not going to tell my secrets. But I don't know. I really, yeah. I, it's going to be whatever the writers decide and they don't care about the characters. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't mean to be so glib, but I just, I, I feel like I can't spin too much yeah. on, the show's theories because they're just doing whatever they want to do. Um, so we did talk about the prophecy a little bit before and uh, the one piece of the prophecy that was left out of the show, I went and I looked it up because there was a little chat about it in, in the chat um, is the last part of the prophecy that says that Cersei's going to be killed by Valakar, which is Valerian for little brother. I think mm -hmm. we talked about the fact that, hey, that could also mean little sister or not actually mean brother if if they they prince also could be princess. Mm. Um anyway, so the big 
fan theory has always been, you know, uh, is it going to be Jamie or is it going to be Tyrion? And that uh, Cersei always believed it would be Tyrion that would be the one to kill her. And a lot of fans are like, Jamie, just kill her, choke her, choke her, choke her. Uh, <laughs> because in the in the 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 prophecy, it says, and when your tears have drowned you, the Valonqar shall wrap his hands about your pale white throat and choke the life from you. And then all of a sudden, when I was reading that tonight, I was like, your pale white throat, you say? Um. <laughs> white? Wow. Thirsty be turned, maybe? Anyway, crazy crackpot <laughs> theories, but it could be fun because I could totally see her turning and then Jamie having to kill her. Although, if she's a white, then just strangling her is not actually going to do any good. Yeah, well, maybe not. <laughs> that may be step one. <laughs> True. So, I think the poetic justice would be that she really is pregnant and she dies in childbirth and it's a dwarf. Yeah, oh. oh, yeah. That would be the best situation I, yeah. for the dwarf. Yeah, <laughs> I think that I I think that would be an interesting direction uh, to go. Well, and that's that's another theory that people have said. It's because the prophecy says she will have three children, all who have crowns of gold. Um, and if she's pregnant with a fourth, then she won't actually have that child because she'll die in childbirth is is uh, a lot of fans' theories. So or it's that's a fun just one. not blonde. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> You'll have three blondes and a brunette. Oh, don't get Jon Snow with your with your analysis now. Come on now, don't cut right through the bullshit. This is what we've been living on for twenty years. Well, for and God's that's sake. the other thing is in the books, it's very unlikely that if she is pregnant, that it's Jamie. So others. Oh no, that sounds like a spoiler. So stop right there, because well, you know, no, it's not a it's, spoiler. At no, this point, though, you that. really can't even compare the two storylines. Yeah. It, it, it's so. Oh, but I got yelled at for Lady Stoneheart. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I, yeah, who yelled okay. at you? I sure didn't. You were the one that was all over yourself at, about mentioning her. Oh, no, somebody snapped nope. at me for it. Somebody I, said, I "Great you job!" Snapping at yourself. Okay. <laughs> no, that he called her out. I, I just said, oh, okay, we're talking about Lady Stoneheart, right. Ben. I was joking. But just joking. saying, that can of worms, those that's been out there for years. And if yeah, we're going to yeah. talk book speculation, let's open that can of worms again. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, so there's lots of speculation there, which uh, mm -hmm. who knows what they're going to do. Yeah. It'll be yeah. what they want. Yeah. But honestly, that's the fun of it is talking about where they might go because yeah. it doesn't, it's so unrelated to the books. There is so much that's so different yeah. Oh, yeah. that we all know that this isn't George's story that we're getting on, on right. TV anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just inspired by at this point. I think that this season of all makes that very evident. Yeah. yeah. And I don't like blame them. They They're it's like when they try to milk a movie soundtrack and they release the second one. Songs inspired by right, Spider-Man exactly. That's where we are in the series. <laughs> so let's uh, start heading north again. There was one little scene in Winterfell with uh, Sansa and Arya after the deed's mm. been done. Which, yeah. Uh, it's a nice Wait. little bow. Yeah, mm. we touched on that a little, a little bit. But yeah, it was nice to kind of have the... You know the 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 come around again on like okay yeah we argued you're still weird you're still prissy and uh, right. 
Um, but we're we're united. Yeah. Yeah. Which was um, good after all that we saw and we didn't know what the heck yeah. that was going to shake out to be. Yeah. Uh, this scene, the trial scene, when when they stab, uh, when Arya stabs uh, Littlefinger, all of these have the meme of uh, Ned Stark, you're doing great, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Good girl. <laughs> Those are my girls. So proud. <laughs> so let's head up to Eastwatch. The final scene of wait, we didn't the talk about we didn't talk about Bran and Sam. I mean, we touched on it, but uh, oh. there well, are there anything else there. Okay, here's why um, we talked about that earlier. It was because we talked about John and Danny on the boat, yeah. which is literally intercut with Bran and yeah. Sam right. in the episode. So that's mm -hmm. the same scene. That's why we so talked go ahead, about Nutty. it. Go ahead, right, Nutty. You've been waiting. Like <laughs> You've been so patient. Adorable. Uh, and the other, I totally thought it was Harry Lloyd playing Rhaegar, but it Who? wasn't. Who's Harry Lloyd? The guy that played Viserys. Oh. Uh, oh no. It did look very similar, and I thought it that wasn't. was a weird choice. I'm yeah. glad they didn't that Well, I mean, they all look the same. I'm glad they didn't have the same actor play, because that would have been, I mean, it was, you know, they, they all have the silver hair and... That was enough. And then I saw someone else complaining. They should have blown the money. They got the money to get Ed Sheeran, but not Orlando Bloom. That's who they should have had to play Rhaegar. And I'm like, we don't need Orlando Bloom, honey. This is a story of ice and fire. We don't have to go for that. We got the story. Yeah. Um, not needed. Yeah. It, 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 it's a Welsh actor named Will Scolding, and it was apparently a very hush-hush thing. Um, mm -hmm. But I really thought it was the guy that was playing uh, Viserys. I mean, he looks so much like him, but I, I'm pretty sure they just had him share the same wig. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and when... I, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I uh, mostly agree with you just in the sense that I, I didn't necessarily think it was the same guy, right. but what I, the thought that I had is why would they choose someone who looks so much like the other guy that we didn't like when the framing for Rhaegar at this point is that he seems like he was actually maybe a cool guy? Yeah. So why would they deliberately cast someone and then dress him and then put the wig on him that makes him look so much like the guy we hated? Well, what would they made him look like and still had him look like a Targaryen, though? Because that's what Targaryens well, look like. You could have a guy that doesn't have a very similar face shape and very <laughs> similar hair. Like, it's one thing to have the white hair. It doesn't have to be styled exactly like Viserys's was on a guy with a facial shape very much like Viserys. You could have just had him be like a taller, beefier guy for one. Yeah. Like, I mean, ah. Aemon didn't look like Danny and Viserys. So, you know. I don't know. I I <laughs> I did kind of expect Rhaegar to be like beefier and more like uh, Fabio looking, just because he's always talked about in this grandiose like, oh Rhaegar, everybody swooned over him, and oh that's Rhaegar, okay. Oh, I thought he was swoon worthy. <laughs> Looked pretty buff. Yeah, I mean he doesn't have to be like the mountain Jamie proof that to be a good fighter. <laughs> and then we get the name. Aegon. Oh no, it's Aegon. It's a soft G sound. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I threw my hands up. I was like, really? Yeah. Minus one point from Targaryens because Aegon, really? 
like 17th of his name, by the way, because there have been so many freaking Aegons. Wasn't, wasn't Rhaegar's son with his other wife supposed to yeah, be Aegon? Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the baby that was killed by the mountain? Mm-hmm. I mean, you ahead. guys know about the, you guys have to know about the, um, the fan theory that, um, oh, what was I going to say? That, um, Oh God, it just, it just left me. Never mind. I'm going to shut up and try and pretend like I didn't do that. <laughs> Interrupt you. Go ahead. <laughs> and after reflection, I realized they are combining a, they may be, I could be wrong, but they may be combining a storyline from Dance with Dragons with John's storyline here. And yeah, I, I roll. They're, <laughs> they're all over the place. It's I'm, 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 so upset about the name i'm like ugh. yeah it mm. was oh okay so there was a theory that i read about where rhaegar you know you talked about how they were convinced that it was going to be a targaryen that was going to be um azorus i can't pronounce it right azorus i yeah um, and that, that rhaegar yep. yeah so rhaegar was determined he was positive that uh, so there's a theory again i don't know if this is true or read it or fact or, or anything like that but there's a theory that he was obsessed with the fact that this child would be azora sai so maybe that's why she named it that because there was some prophetic weight to it in their mind even if it turns out to be like wrong they're wrong about targaryens you know having that sort that um well I, I think the, the 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 big the bigger issue to my mind at least so the show is obviously its own animal right right but within the context of the pre-established already established world building Rhaegar literally already had a son named Aegon Targaryen right yeah yeah like and it was a baby yeah right so. I, I that's a part of it is that he thought that not his other children, but this child with Leanna was going to be, and that that's why he became so obsessed with that. And again, I don't know if it bears out or anything in the books. I'm just grasping at straws as why they would name him Aegon. Is there any, I mean, Aegon the Conqueror, what would? Well, what, okay, name, uh, Aegon is a fine name, but now right. he literally has two sons, both named Aegon Targaryen. Yeah, and they're like, within a year of each other right yeah that's weird that's all we're saying I, yeah. george that's foreman has six sons named george foreman i don't know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> guys do weird stuff with their but, kids names. But see, I don't the know. Is, like there is, is the 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 only possible answer in this case is mm -hmm. that the writers of the show didn't care they figured oh. most people wouldn't yeah. remember that yeah. Shit. yeah well if they think that then they are just not paying attention to us but they give us so much yummy candy. How just do they not enough. know us? Just <laughs> enough <laughs> to let them slip egg on by. <laughs> oh, they won't mind. We gave them that scene with the little finger. And I, you know, it occurs to me, I don't know if the show ever named the baby. I'm pretty sure they did with Oberyn. He was very like... Well, he certainly was talking about his sister and who was the mother and the baby, but I don't know if they named the baby. Mm. So, well, we're, so. we're doing a rewatch, so we'll have mm. to keep an eye out for that. There's so many things. I feel like I'm going to be right. like writing down every word and every breath trying to. Right. But see, that's also where it gets into a whole thing where the show has diverged very seriously away from something that's going on in the book. So who knows? But yeah. uh, 
honestly, it's weird that they chose Aegon when there could have been any number of different names. But I think I think the reason is that the writers knew that Aegon the Conqueror was a thing and they wanted that weight dramatically. Yeah. And so they wanted that piece of it and figured that enough, not enough people would care about the double name to make yeah. it matter. They would rather have what they wanted for the name and figure nobody else cares. Yeah. Uh, according to the show wiki, not the book wiki, uh, it is listed that his children, uh, that his, his son is Aegon. Hmm. So, um, you'll have to tell us if it, it, it's explicitly mentioned, but uh, usually they don't the put anything in this. Well, usually mm -hmm. they don't put right. it wiki unless it's been on screen so we'll we'll see we'll see um anyway minus one point from gryffindor right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> lack of imagination yes now can we head to Eastwatch? no what no <laughs> yes <laughs> you guys are killing me right now i'm literally falling asleep right How now i'm gonna be pregnant now <laughs> The show takes as long as it takes. Always has. I know, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> How many people think Danny's pregnant now? Absolutely. Oh, I don't. I hundred percent. It, it feels like it has to, right? Probably yeah. she is. I mean, they'll probably. Yeah, it's going to be a whole thing. It is. In a month, she'll shit a dragon egg. Yeah. <laughs> it is literally the only possible reason for uh, John and her to have had that conversation earlier in the episode. I can't have children. Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll prove you. I'll prove you wrong. <laughs> Pod's not the only one with the magic. Mm, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Another so, one of the funny memes I saw was Danny. Who was Danny talking to? I think Tyrion. Danny saying, do you know how you know when winter's coming? It's six inches of snow. Oh, oh. I mean, uh, it's like so. John did get to ride a dragon, right? <laughs> that was the other one. Come for the dragon glass, stay for the dragon ass. <laughs> Shoot. Paulette says the magic seat of the north. Uh, okay. One last note I had, uh, and I think it's because it's part of the transition. We see ravens over Winterfell, and then we see ravens over Eastwatch. And it was, there's a, been a lot of ravens over Winterfell these days. And, yeah, I think uh, I think Bran's in a lot of those ravens. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah. It, I mean, that's the implication I took was that Bran was seeing what was happening at Eastwatch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or would see it once, it, you know, because that was the beginning of the scene. But, yeah, we're in Eastwatch, dude. Start talking. Go. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Oh. So sorry. <laughs> sorry. Scott just brought this up. What's with the look that Tyrion had when John wanted? Oh to yeah. Creepy. Creepy. It's that is worth fear that he is going to uh, tweak Danny's mind away from what's important. Her mind. Well, I think it should be the opposite. <laughs> So there's a lot of speculation about other things and what it could mean. But from what we've seen on the show, I agree with Chooch. 
Yeah. There's a, I mean, I, there's other storylines from the books that people are talking about and speculating other things. But based on what we've seen in the show, on the TV show, I think that it's exactly what you've said. I think it was like, oh, snap, this is not going to be good for our strategy. Yeah, I I hope that's what it is. I don't want a storyline where Tyrion is yet another hanger on that falls in love with Danny and can't can. have her. Yeah, and no. I don't want that for Tyrion. Um, I will say though that even if the answer is what what you suggested, Chooch, I feel like the show could have been more clear. Yeah, because <laughs> as it happened, just having him look generically concerned didn't seem. Well, it's just like implies it. that people know what's happening, and it's not yeah. secret. So, yeah. some people, uh, what was it? Um, uh, Teal Wolf says, is it just so that he is aware of it and that he can tell someone? And I know, I can't remember who said it earlier. Does it have to do with what he promised Cersei? Cersei. Does, yeah. Is mm -hmm. this ruining plans? Mm. Things like that. Yeah, that like maybe well, I'll make sure I'll keep them away from each other or something like that. Who knows? Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Well, she ain't keeping her promise either, so he ain't tied to nothing. Because uh, he made a buddy. Tyrion's being a creeper. That's what I say. That's he's being. I, that's <laughs> just. It looked very creeper. It was worse yeah. than Tormund with Brienne. <laughs> it was like, dude. This is crossing a big line. Even though you're the hand mm. and you're supposed to know and wipe her ass and all that well, stuff, still. They, they, and it's one thing if they wanted to have just a quick cut of him seeing and realizing, that's one thing. Yeah. But they had several shots of him not only seeing but hanging out. Yeah. In the hallway. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that—that's I think what made it look creeper as opposed to just the idea of oh no, Tyrion knows about it and he isn't happy versus. Yeah. He's going to stand there looking and con looking concerned for a while. And why couldn't it have been Jora? <laughs> that would have been more expected. Why couldn't it have been Jora, the one standing outside the room? The creeper, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Jora's yeah. great for creeping. Yes. Crying. Yeah. Khaleesi, turn to me again. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I will now mind. we can go. I promise. Shutting up. Okay. Yes. Right. Or, the or say anything. Mute or line. Tormund and Beric talking on the wall. Uh, and the dead come marching. I didn't have, even have any notes for what they were talking about. I just knew. Oh, you know what's going to happen, and it happened. Yeah. Since yeah. One, yeah. We have heard about three horns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We got to actually hear three horns. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was uh it was it was pretty great. Um I will say that I think maybe just because it makes me have been I was wrong in my prediction that I wanted the dragon to breathe ice and not just blue fire. Mm -hmm. But I will acknowledge that Nutty <laughs> predicted that it would be blue fire and she was right and I was wrong. But I wanted it to be ice instead. Would have been so cool if it was ice. True. But you wouldn't so expect cool, it cool to be ice. Wall. Um, yeah, I suppose that that's because of what they wanted to do with it, just in terms of, you know, I mean, it's all magic, but in terms yeah. of having the, the magic feel right, 
the idea that ice breath would take down the ice wall does seem weird. So blue fire makes more sense in that regard. Blue fire makes sense, but so does like a liquid nitrogen kind of scientific kind of merger of the two things because it didn't like, mm -hmm. I know it's freezing cold up there, but it seemed like it was like shattered, not melted kind of thing. So I wonder if that's mm -hmm. going to be some, like if they do something a little more interesting. Well, not more interesting because the green wildfire was amazing. And I, you know, I was one that wanted the fire too, but I don't know. It's just uh, going right. to see how they just, you know, explain it. I, I agree with you in the sense that the effect didn't look like it was melting the wall. It looked like it was blasting through it, right. like yep. almost like a bullet. I'm just saying you might still get that freeze ray effect because when they're not at the wall, you know, trying to bust freeze ray through an ice wall, then and they're on a regular kind of thing, maybe you'll get more of a freeze ray. Free, freeze it's really, ray it'll be interesting to see if once they hit a human, if yeah. it's kind of encase them in ice or is it going to mm -hmm. light them on fire? Or right, that's what, what I'm saying. There's a lot of interesting stuff they can do. What's it going to be when it goes up against another dragon? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So there is a whole plot in the books that this is replacing. And I'm guessing that they're just trying to be concise here. Uh, or at least what we're told will happen in the books. So I had written down that a dragon works better than a horn. Uh, and, um, yeah, all of that. I just, I don't have to think about that when it comes to the show. I don't know if I have to think about it for the books, but it's just like, okay, that's how we're going to bring them all down. Yeah. That, that works. Okay. Yeah. And then it was a very satisfying breach. I, mm -hmm. I, I buy this wall destruction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Yeah. Um, I, I really thought it was a very effective effect. Um, I didn't mean to have the redundant redundancy there. Um, the, but yeah, I, I thought it really looked cool. I will say that I am the, I, the show has hundred percent and permanently lost me on any implication that someone might be dead if we don't see it happen. Mm -hmm. So, are Barak and Tormund dead? No, they're not dead because we did not see them die, and I'm not worried even a teeny bit. Because, and I'm impatient with the show for continuing to tease that sort of thing and try to cliffhanger yeah. us with something that's obviously not happened because the show doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that irritates me. It's just like we knew. Oh, it's like, oh my gosh, is Jamie really going to drown in that lake? Yeah. Right. No, yeah. of course not. <laughs> I. So, Let's not be foolish. <laughs> so they were, but they were two of the only ones that we don't know what happened to them. They told us where pretty much everyone else is there. And I was asking Chooch, was there anybody else that matters that we have that question mark with like with Tormund and more Tormund than Barrack? Because Barrack's lived a many, many lives now. <laughs> Barrack should have died at the lake. I said right, this. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I feel like. I feel like they weren't mean about it because it's only a couple of characters, but yeah, it's like pissy that it's Tormund because none of us want anything to happen to Tormund. I, I'm seeing a lot of people getting upset and they're like, Tormund needs to make Bri monster babies with Brienne. Oh my God, my boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. Uh -oh. um, I honestly, I'm thinking um, those two are the expendable people that we said should have died at the lake. And yeah. if we come back next season and they're dead, I'm going to be like, all right, whatever. But I still don't feel like there are any stakes. And I'm kind of with Christiana. I, I'm not worried about them. Yeah. Because I, 
people would have shown up. Like the characters and they're just going to keep bringing them back because people like the characters and it's like yeah. whatever there's yeah. you know you're not telling me a good story here when it comes to that i mean has to open with torment on a shield like oh yeah. dig himself out of the <laughs> with the tidal wave um, no 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 he's riding the shield with the yeah style i do want to correct something this is i did not think of torment as one of the expendable ones that should have died right, last week right, barrack right, right. totally Thoros, yeah. yes. I thought Jorah was going to be the other one that was going to do yeah, it last totally week. Yeah. Um, but but I'm I'm with the people who don't want Torment to die because um, we need, if not for him to end up with Brienne, then at least closing the loop on that storyline. Um, and so I I don't want Torment to be dead for that reason. But the thing is, it's like I'm not even remotely worried. Because there is zero chance that the show would kill Torment this way and not show it on screen. Yeah. Zero. Zero. I care I, less about the Torment and Brienne thing and more about John just having that kind of ambassador for the wildlings to kind of keep him honest to the promises that he made. Yeah. I don't know. Really, Brienne doesn't seem into the Torment thing. I'm over the Torment thing with Brienne. Mm -hmm. If it works out, I'm going to love the shit out of it. But. It's mm -hmm. called consent, and I'm okay with not like yeah. marrying them off yet. Right. <laughs> Until well, she shows some interest. I I don't need them to be together. That's right. not where my love is. Oh no, my no, love no, I is know. his love for her. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I too want to see more of that happening. And I want her to yeah. realize no, no, no. This guy's legit into you, and he's yeah. into you for everything that people have told you is wrong with you. Yeah. Um, I just want her to know that. That's my big thing with this show. Um, I don't want to see him go because I absolutely love him, and I think he is a delight, and the actor cracks me up. You need to look at his videos. But I, you know, I feel like that was kind of an opening where pretty much any other showmaker would have killed them both to really g give us some stakes. But I'm not, I don't, after yeah. last week, I don't think there are stakes. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the chat, Scott mentioned he heard that in the inside the episode that they said that they're not dead. Um, we had watched the inside of the episode and I don't recall them saying that at all. And I actually saw an interview with the director and when he was directly asked and he's like, yeah, what about that? Who knows? Yeah, whatever. I, I was hyperventilating. I don't know what the hell happened after that. Now, after the episode thing, I have no idea what they said. I was still breathing funny from the episode itself. Now, the thing is during the scene, I was worried that they might die but having their fate left unclear, I am not worried. Right. Because I think if the way this show works now is everything is based on plot points yeah. and spectacle. And what that means is characters do not get killed off screen, period. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Sue. That is the episode. <laughs> Shall we rate this bitch? <laughs> I have a question before we rate it. Go. Yeah. I went to maps and looked and tried to verify that it is. So did anybody see any kind of a housing settlement or anything when Viserion and the Night King go bursting over the wall? 
and head like they're over the the army is 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 marching over the wall like what remains of it they're leaving you know north of the wall they're now in westeros that is that moles town in front of them because yeah. they're too far from from winterfell and aren't they yeah no that wouldn't okay. be moles town that wouldn't be winterfell it could be a town similar to moles town okay I couldn't see another city name, but I kept getting distracted when I was looking to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it yeah. did look like there was a little city on the horizon. Yeah, um, yeah. but not um, it was not Winterfell, though, right? Yeah, no. we, yeah, I thought they would be way too far. I, I'll i confess, I, I don't know that I looked at the shot that closely, and I, like I said, I didn't get a chance to rewatch. But what I kind of thought we were seeing in that last scene, and maybe, maybe I'm just wrong, is that they were crossing the space where the wall was and any structures mm -hmm. we saw were the ruins of Eastwatch. That's what I, I mean in the distance, seeing. like way yeah, off. Yeah, down, down okay, so I, I didn't yeah. see that, so I don't know. Yeah. 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 In, in addition to seeing what the wall and the devastation and the marching over and all that stuff, at the very end, you see the Night King on Viserion flying overhead towards, you know, obviously away from, um, Eastwatch in the wall. And I was just trying to, okay, so where are they headed for? It's not, it's not Winterfell, and it doesn't seem to be like Molestown, and I couldn't see any other cities. I just wanted to know yeah. what their first yeah. little... Make sure they're not implying maybe. it's Winterfell, because that would be super right. stupid. Yeah, <laughs> don't leave me hanging like that, bro. Yeah, I I, I would not expect that, because um, just the geography, and yeah. if, if Eastwatch were the closest to Winterfell, why wouldn't John have gone to Eastwatch exactly. before getting to yeah. Castle Black? Yeah. Uh, so okay, cool. Paulette says, uh, "Someone needs to be left on top of the wall to take the news back to Castle Black." Nope. Bran and was watching. Scott, yeah, that's true. Bran was watching, and Scott says it'll be another seven years before they get to Winterfell at the rate they they walk. <laughs> well, except that in the show, the way it is now, that means three days. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. You know, they I move at the speed of plot. I, you know, they keep talking about the scientific explanation for the ravens and this, that, and the other. And why do the ice, why do the dead walk take so long to get from place to place? But when, I mean, I kind of felt like it's almost explained from the battle last week. I think it was last week. It's all happened so fast at the lake um, when it showed just how brittle they are. And that if you're traveling with a bunch of frozen bones across frozen land, that you probably need to go slow because if you break an ankle, it's still going to limit them on how well they can fight later. So the you slow know, route kind of makes sense. You just give me a thought. Mm -hmm. So snow starts falling in the south. Mm -hmm. And I have to wonder if perhaps they really needed to wait till winter was here to yeah. breach the wall. Mm -hmm. I, I, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I buy the idea that they're just not in a hurry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because all of the scenes, all the scenes, even when the, the Night King was, was javelining and the dragon, yeah. you know, everything was slow, plotting, deliberate. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the, the rate of death that, there, that there's no slowing down. It's just this deliberate plot yeah. of pure evil. <laughs> Yum. Yeah. Right, that was ratings. my only. That was my last thought about it. So, ratings. Hmm. Uh, nine out of ten. Increasingly desperate excuses. 
I'm going to give it 10,000 meaningful glances. Right. <laughs> out of? Ah, 10 out of 10. Okay. <laughs> Let me get a percentage here. Right. <laughs> I'm going to say 199 out of 200 Ned Stark references in this one episode. <laughs> <laughs> but never forget Cersei's cruelty. How long has... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Surely the daughter's dead by now. Right. All right, so that's, hang on. 99.5. Yeah. That's good. All right, so that's 99.5. Um, for some reason, it didn't work properly. Sorry, I have things. Um, they, they automatically calculate stuff and mm. is doing it. <laughs> well, I, it just rounded up to 100% anyway. So apparently my math. You love it 100. Yeah, all right. Uh, and uh, I give it uh, 10 out of 10 points I'm stealing from previous episodes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Simply because I think that I enjoyed this episode so much more than the other episodes uh, in this season. Although this season I've given three 10 out of 10. So. Wow. I've, I feel like I've been grumpy, but I mean, I haven't yeah. ranked anything under a s 7 out of 10, so. Well, and I think we can all agree that even when they're bad, it's still better than most of the other television that's out there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we don't, we certainly don't do a podcast about most of the other television, do we, right? This is true. <laughs> and that Not for this many years, for sure. 9 out of 10 for the whole season. Uh, 9.7 out of 10 for this episode to, together. And uh, Chooch, you gave the entire season 9 out of 10. Viv, you gave it a 9.7 out of 10. Christiana, you and I both gave it an 8.6 out of 10. <laughs> the, like, I think, you know, looking back on the season as a whole, I mean, the, the thing about it is that it's uneven, yeah. right? Is that it has these really spectacular highs, but then there's just a lot of trudging uh in between some of those where it you know feels like okay we're we're having a lot of heavy lifting being done here just to set up the next big thing which is certainly a way to do it and we certainly enjoy those big things when they come but it's also a very different show than it started out as yeah. and that's okay it shows can evolve um, and it makes sense why they would in this case, having progressed so far beyond the original source material. Um, but I think it's also worth acknowledging how different it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd say that's one of our better uh, better ranked seasons, and I'm pretty happy about that. And uh, one, we've got uh, some ratings in the chat here. We've got Scott says, uh, 10 out of 10 Littlefinger lies. <laughs> And Teal Wolf says nine out of ten betrayals speculated. Mm, nice. Yeah, right. <laughs> Has everyone seen the fan-made trailer uh, Westeros? No. Okay, go take a look, uh, or if you want, I can send you a link. But there is a trailer out there for a new spin-off series, and it's <laughs> called Westeros, and it's Westeros in 2019 like in modern day 
Right. Yeah, I heard about it. I hadn't seen it. So you've Did got, you, like you know, the Lannister prime minister. You've got, you know, uh, cars and technology and all of this. And it's very interesting. And I highly recommend you check it out. I would be totally into that. I know it's a fan thing, but it, it was really neat. Yeah. Sounds cool. Yeah. Oh. Just made reminded me what whatever happened to School of Thrones? Did they keep carrying on? I remember season oh, one too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Good they continue because <laughs> I think uh well, I know at least um the one playing Daenerys, she she got busy with bear the bear show that you guys like so much. Like bear bears. Yes, and uh she did the voice for Horizon Zero Dawn, I think is the name of the game. Oh. She does such an amazing job as uh, that character on there. Cool. IMDb says that there are three episodes, season one. Yeah. Then I've seen them all. Yeah, yeah I think that so. Just, I think you have. Yeah. <laughs> that was just an so idle I thought. <laughs> I love yeah, that Ashley Bush. So I, try, I try to follow her career as much as I can. That was a really good one. Yeah. All right. So that's it. That is it. Uh, we have talked Yay. all about this season. We can talk. So yes. now comes the long wait. And yeah. uh, I don't know how long it'll be, but you know, when it comes we back, shall. we'll be here. We shall return. Thanks, everybody, for coming along with us. And got to say one last time, chat room, the season's been just really great. Thank Thanks. you all for coming in. There will always be a podcaster waiting to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, again. And we will see you whew, sometime. <laughs> if you have feedback for the Beyond the Wall podcast, you can email us at btw at specficmedia.com. You can also leave us a comment on the website. Go to specficmedia.com where you'll find a shiny BTW button that'll take you right to our page. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. Feel free to share and remix. Just give us credit and don't charge money for it.